up, everybody, and welcome back again to another episode of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. This is episode 26. I am your co-host, Jason, and I'm joined, as always, as usual, with Blockchain Will over here. Howdy, duty. Wait, wait, hold on. Why are you calling me Blockchain Will now? I'm not invested in the blockchain. I don't care about decentralized networks, even though I do have some crypto. But you, hey, you don't hodl and to get that Lambo. Okay, do I hodl? I hodl. I have diamond hands, not paper hands, right? But I'm not trying to shoot for the stars and get that, you know, that fiery red Lambo. I'm just here to make a little bit of money on the side, whilst this podcast project kicks off. And I, I have like zero investments, both actual money and also like personal uh, dedication towards. What, what we could do is we could we could release our future. GAP episodes as NFTs so that if people want to get exclusive content, hey, look, it'll be 0.001 ETH. Um, don't worry about the gas fees. Just try and find someone to broker a deal for you. I'm joking. <laughs> We're not doing this shit now. Okay. okay. Uh, on a serious note, though, about cryptocurrencies, we thought at some point, and I think we might do this, where we will create our own cryptocurrency just so that we can barter with just literally just each other. In terms of making stupid bets. I mean, if we get into the stuff where it's like buying the digital emotes and little gifts. Don't, of- don't, don't do this, bro. This is like a slippery slope. Twitch.tv slash GAP. No. Do no. we even have that? No. Someone's going to take it now. Well, go for it. I don't want to go on Twitch. <laughs> that, that's that's not, a, that's not a direction I'm going to go into. Maybe. Maybe one day. But not right now. Um, so, how you doing, buddy? My God. The past two weeks has been rather interesting, to be honest, in terms of... It felt way longer. Yeah. For those who are outside of Hong Kong, um, yeah, Google it. There's been some crazy shit that's gone down the last two weeks in Hong Kong. But, you know, this is an anime and manga podcast. We're not going to be talking about any political shit. So we'll leave that for someone else to talk about. Uh, We're going to be talking about some anime stuff. But this time around, we are not going to be talking about what we have been watching or reading because even though Will and I have consumed stuff in this past two weeks, we have decided to forego that. There has also been news stories. Some we could have covered. Some were just like whatever. But we're not even going to do that because Will and I, this uh, main discussion topic for this episode is about the winter 2022 seasonal premieres. And um, the reason why we're foregoing basically the first half of the podcast is because Will, Will and I went deep into this season. Uh, I think, Will, you said 23 premieres you watched? 20, 20-ish. And I, I watched about 25 premieres. Yeah. This is unlike any other season where we actually had the luxury of picking and choosing what we needed to watch because of the fact that we we're balancing out news, balancing out our own like catch-ups in terms of anime and manga. So we had to be a bit picky before. But this time around, uh, we, we'll explain why we picked up so many series for this, this anime season. And therefore, we will just jump straight into it because... We will tell you what we've been watching and reading and also some news next episode. But right now, it's all about winter 2022, baby. Before getting into that, um, you've been checking your mail every now and then, right? Yes, I have. Have you seen the Sony Music Online 2022 concerts? You mean the the one that every time I open up mail, it is like the border at the top that just takes up half your your screen? Yes, and the left and the right, yes. Yeah, so it's streaming this weekend. Uh, I'll let you know, for listeners, this would have streamed a couple days before this release. Um, do you know how much the live stream costs? I don't know. $153.73. Uh, 
I don't know if it's Hong Kong dollars or U.S. dollars, but if it's U.S. dollars, that's a lot of fucking money. But it does feature, you know, popular anime theme songs, including Flow from Naruto, Blue Encounter from My Academia. Wait, this is not an advertisement, right? No, it's just saying that there's a lot of good shit. If, if people have, uh, apparently, you know, if you, if you missed the live stream, you can rewatch after 24 hours. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not sponsored by Mal or Sony Music. <laughs> we are not sponsored. Definitely though. not. No, that was not sarcastic. I'm actually for sure saying that we are not sponsored at all. But what we are going to do is actually talk about a lot of this was a very weird season compared to all the other seasons we've watched so before we actually get into the breakdown and also our recommendations and our thoughts we want to reiterate that just because we watched a lot and i mean a lot of premieres we pretty much exhausted the whole catalog in terms of new shows will and i are not going to do this every single anime season we're not committing to that it just so happens that this anime season in particular, uh, we kind of needed to. We had to. Like this is definitely not the norm, but we had to do it anyway. I'm I'm kind of glad we did. I kind of don't want to do it anymore, but who knows? There may be another instance where we have to ex- exhaust a whole catalog of anime. I mean, there will be times when we would consume a lot more, and some will consume a lot less. It just so happens that this time around. There is a lot of uh, not great stuff, let's just say. Let's get into it, Will. Yeah. Well, speaking of great stuff, before we go into the actual discussion of winter 2022, oh, I, should yeah. probably, I should probably do this now, rip this Band-Aid off, because yeah. I know if it wasn't me bringing it up, it'd be you, and I'd rather be the one to basically discuss my downfall. So in the previous season of fall 2021... Uh, there were a lot of good shows, a lot of good shows coming out. A uh, lot, for uh, sure. Quite a few mediocre, but like there, there was a point when Jason and I were discussing how most shows are going to rank. There was going to be, there's going to be stuff that's like, oh, we know for sure that's going to be an eight, that's going to be a nine, that's going to be a seven. Uh, there's, uh, these are gonna, probably going to be sixes. Just leave this to the side. So then we thought, why don't we make a bet? Why don't we try and see how many shows are going to get a my anime list score of eight and above? So. Jason said, you know what, like, there's going to be a lot of good shows, but there's not going to be that many good shows. I'm going to go five. And I thought, no, I, I have a little more confidence. I think that there's going to be some some sleeper hits, some dark horses in this race. I'm I'm confident that there's going to be seven and up. So that meant that if, there was a, if, if it was six, middle ground, tiebreaker, we both win or lose, however you want to take it. Exactly. So the fall season is finished there may be some stuff that's like rolling over into the this current circulation but we had a cutoff point and by the time we ended our cutoff point we tabulated the scores and unfortunately uh edgelord sama will did not win the fall 2021 seasonal bet yes so i did i got it right on the money and unfortunately will's downfall was from his boy Mappa. Tact Op Destiny was riding high at the beginning of the season, holding a super strong 8.1, 8.2. Yeah, and we watched the first two episodes. At least I did. And I thought it was pretty good. It was pretty good until maybe two, three episodes later, that's when, you know, the signs were there. 
Went from 8.2 to 8.15. It's like, ah, you know, it's whatever. I think more and more people are starting to average the scores out, right? It's fine. Then it became an 8.12, 8.10, 8.09. And then slowly but surely is now firmly well below an 8. It is now a 7.76, 7.77. It's... Uh, no, you're wrong. Uh, wait, you said 7.7? Yeah. No, no, you're way off. It's even lower. 7.5. Lower. 7.3. Lower. No way. Right now, currently, it holds a 7.22 on my anime list. Fuck. It went a whole point off from when it debuted? Yes. Jesus. So, the reason for that, I mean, it's spoilery and I didn't consume all of it, but at least through the grapevines and... From me actually watching the whole damn thing as well. The finale left a bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths. Now... If you want to know why that's the case, it's actually less to do with a spoilery plot line and more to do about something else, which you can Google if you want. If you don't, it's fine. Business decisions, basically. Um, yeah. So in the end, unfortunately, couldn't pull for a tie. It would have been nice to have it at a six. Um, we left off certain series just because of its irregular debut times and how it would roll over into other seasons but we were pretty firm that the result at the end is a fair result right and we didn't count mugen train because That's the movie exactly had that, president yeah. so we knew that that was going to be good either way so do you want to just do you want to list the five shows that uh that won you this bet okay so in order of the most amount of points is osama ranking ranking of kings with an 8.85 which is amazing then uh, Jobless Reincarnation Part 2, 8.78. 86 Part 2, 8.46. World Trigger Season 3, 8.22. Technically, Mugen Train is before that with 8.34, but we didn't count that. And then Komi Can't Communicate with 8.15. Meaning, of all the 8 pluses, there is only one that is technically a non-sequel. Everything else is a sequel. Mom, actually, no. Ranking of Kings is not. Two of them, yeah. Zakomi and Ranking of Kings. It, it At the end, it got close. Your boy, Blue Period, was started going back up in the rankings. But in the end, as of now, it's a 7.89. So it, it, it came close. It was kind of dwindling in the 7.6s, 7.7s. And now it's making a stronger comeback. But I, I think that's where it is now. A high 7 as opposed to actually breaching into 8 territory. Way better than what happened to um, Tacked Off Destiny. Shame. So as we, we, we basically had this bet going on, and whoever lost would have to do a forfeit. My forfeit is I have to either read or watch, whichever one's easier for me to get, um, the series Surizure Children. And if I were to lose, I would have to read Fire Punch, which I've been putting off for so long. I'm pretty sure that if you had to read Fire Punch, the punishment is way worse than what I have to go through because I'm pretty sure I will end up enjoying Sewer Zero Children. Whereas Fire Punch, you can enjoy it, but you don't, you wouldn't feel good enjoying it. Originally, I was going to tell Will to watch Ka- uh, Shoujo Kageki Review Starlight, but then we changed it midway through. Yeah. I kind of regretted that decision. Yeah. So. Moving on now, we originally thought maybe we should try to do a, a bet for this season. But considering the amount of um, the amount of mediocrity, is that the word we want to use? No, for this? I mean also we missed the cutoff mark. So, for example, like 
JoJo, we didn't include it for fall when it technically should be in the fall. So we included it for this season. And then there was a bunch of like AOT premiered early. So then we're like, what do we do? Because our sort of stipulation to ourselves was the moment a seasonal premiere happens, that's when we have to lock in our choice. And we missed that mark. So technically it's like, well, do we count this? We don't count that, but we did it before. Actually, other way around. It was um, Demon Slayer that came out in December. And Uh, AOT came out January. But in the end, it's also like, well, Demon Slayer literally released the second season right after the TV anime version of the movie came out and finished. So, yeah, they had a head start. And then, of course, like, it's like, yeah, JoJo. Where does JoJo fit in, right? Because like the first 12 episodes dropped like a month or two ago. And then the next 12 episodes are going to be coming out later on this month or next month. And then afterwards, like how many, however many curves there will be for JoJo. It's like because they're following a Netflix release schedule, it's very hard to tell if this is actually like a fall, a winter, or if it's just one of those like long continuing shows like a, like a, like a One Piece kind of thing. Plus, the main reason, the real reason is because Christmas and New Year's, like we were just chilling really so we just you know put the podcast on the on in the back seat while uh we just relaxed and had uh, a great time with friends and family so there will be no seasonal bets for winter 2022 and in retrospect i think we made a good decision because my god this season on one hand if you look at the stats which will and i kind of broke it down it's actually not that bad and the distribution of scores in terms of ranges are roughly the same. But when I watched all that stuff, I felt nothing but just sadness that this season just looks terrible in general. Granted, there were some good shows. There was some stuff that we actually enjoyed watching. And some immensely enjoyed watching. So there's always going to be those kinds of shows. But when we're talking about how, quote-unquote, bad it is which will you agree with me right like at least as a weak season yeah but i, I think like the, the the issue here is because of the fact that there there weren't a lot of shows this season compared to other um seasons i, I, I we we didn't necessarily calculate the score or because how many series there were i think it was like what like 30 something compared to 45 or 50 something compared to the previous seasons i don't know how consistent that is but we do have stats in terms of how the score breakdowns were for the, this season and the previous seasons. So, um, I w- while if w- when Will talks about those mal scores, I will jump a little bit ahead to talk about uh, the subreddit, the anime subreddit, and their karma ranking. So we we frequent uh, Reddit a lot, and we use it as a barometer and a source for news and opinions. And their karma rankings usually indicate whether or not a show is popular, or in some cases, good, and or both. For the first week, week one, they go from rank 1 to 15 with the amount of karma that they get, which is like upvotes and downvotes. Number 15 is 34. I repeat, if you have 34 upvotes, you make the 15th spot, which, okay, you're, you're, you're saying like, okay, there's 14 above me. That's not that great. But the fact that 34 upvotes could then land you on the chart is like, what the fuck? And then obviously, week two is a lot better with with the 15th spot being 697. So just think about that. Like, usually, if you make the high hundreds, you will be on there. If you make the thousands, you will definitely be on there. But the fact that 34 made it is just like tells you how little faith people had with this season in particular, at least with the premieres. 
And the Mal scores reflect that, at least in the beginning, because the Mal scores were terrible, Will, wasn't they? Weren't they? Now, now some of the shows have increased their scores quite a bit, I would say, in the past like week or two. Yeah, it still doesn't a pretty picture, though, in terms of how the scores are doing. Um, but what I will say, though, is that despite the general feeling that the season was relatively weak, the actual score distribution is consistent with previous seasons. So, um, yeah, your boy Will decided to go full Stepman Will and decided to actually break down how many shows fall within specific categories. So with this season, Winter 2022, as current as possible... For, for Series 8 and above, across all of TV new shows, not continuing shows, not movies uh, specials, not ONAs, OVAs, uh, no kids shows, and especially no no H stuff, no, you know, the, the, the cultured anime stuff, you know, none of that stuff, uh, just new seasonals, shows with a score of 8 and up, 14.2%. So roughly 15%. Uh, and this is on my anime list. Right? Yeah, Mamal. And then between 7 to 7.99, 35%, 6 to 6.99, 32-ish percent, and then below a 6 is a 17.64%. So you can see it's very, very, very heavily weighted between the 6 and 7s. But if you compare it to fall, the previous season, there were more shows. But there were actually, in terms of a percentage spread, fewer 8 pluses, a 12.24% percent compared to 14.7 percent for winter of 2022 summer the season before that was a 10.5 and that's kind of like where the slide began because when you look at winter 2021 and spring 2021 there were a lot of good shows in terms of winter 2021 almost a quarter of all tv new series on my anime list, got a score of eight and up. It was at a twenty-two point twenty-three point two percent for spring twenty twenty-one. It was twenty point four percent with one show in particular. I believe it was Fruits Basket the final, scoring above a nine. Yes, that's correct. Right. So, in terms of the distributions, it's actually not that crazy. The issue here is because of the fact that it seemed to be there were a, a lot fewer shows that came out for this winter season compared to every other season beforehand. So. Yeah, like 17% or 14% doesn't sound that crazy, but when you look at how many shows there actually are, that's when you start seeing it's a bit weak. And furthermore, we looked ahead to April, and what at least my prediction is, is that there are not only a lot of good shows, but there are a lot of of slice-of-life wholesome, you know, kind of slow-paced shows, not your action shonen oriented shows. So we're talking about, like, Shikimori isn't just a cutie. We're talking about, like, love after world domination. We're talking about Spy X Family, of course. We're super excited for that. And there are just... I, I was looking at just the lineup, and there's at least 8 to 10 shows that I'm just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to watch it all the way through. It's a very fluffy-looking season. Very. I'm so excited. This is going to be pretty rough for me. I mean, like, I know I'm going to enjoy it, but it's just going to be like... There's, there may just be, like, fluffy overload. And at that point, I may need to start... Going, I, I might just watch Jurgenmund, Jurgenmund, right? Yeah, like, I mean, you should just watch it in general. But yes, just to just to balance out, just to just to like level the the, the playing field, level the, the palette for myself. All right. So now that Will and I have at least gave you a general breakdown of the season in terms of stats and and compared it to previous seasons 
and our thoughts on even the next season for spring 2022, let's get into knee-deep, balls-deep, if you will, into the winter 2022 seasonal show and our thoughts and reviews. We have split up the sections into basically four, four sections, but really it's three. The first section is all the sequels and cur to anime. So, for example, things like Ranking of Kings, which premiered last season, has two cur, so 24 episodes or so, and therefore it would extend to this season. So those, or sequels that have multiple seasons, there will be covered here. Then it is our, I wouldn't say favorite, but is our soapbox time for our winter 2022 dumpster fire, which is quite extensive in terms of shows that we checked out and it not necessarily mean it's bad, but it's not like we're just going to... Oh, no, though they're, they're bad. Some of them are horrendous. They're, they're incredibly bad. I mean, like, as much as you want to stay by the fire during the winter, like a dumpster fire is probably one where you're like, wow, like this is this is a pretty rough situation here. I'm not quite sure wh- why or how I got here, and I don't really want to be here. That's why we're going to you know give some attention to the dumpster fire shows, but really I, I'd say we should stay far, far away from them. Then comes the the good stuff. The uh, we'll take our break first, basically, and then we'll get into the good stuff after the break, which is our actual winter twenty twenty two recommendations. Shows that we think you should check out. Shows that we think you should at least keep an eye on and see how it goes in terms of their progression and uh, the scores and how people feel about it. Then, if we have time, we will cover the shows that we couldn't cover, or maybe just briefly talk about it. And then that's the end of our seasonal premiere episode for winter 2022. Yeah, there's, again, as I mentioned, I watched 20-ish shows. Jason watched 25. We pretty much covered everything. Uh, unless, of course, there were like anime shorts, ONAs, OVAs, or if they were like sequels that you know, either one of us was not up to date on. Exactly. So like uh, Afureta is, for example, like season two. So... Princess Connect. Prince, uh, yeah, Redive. Yeah, we. Uh, I didn't finish season one. Venitas. Venitas, we didn't finish. We watched so. like one or two episodes of season one. and well, It's doing well, but you know we have a lot to catch up on. And considering what we have been watching, we just didn't have enough time to start picking up a whole new series from beginning to end. All right. So let's start with the sequels and Cur to anime. And let's start with probably, unfortunately, close to if not the best anime this season as well. I mean, people might disagree with that, but it is definitely up there. Let's talk about Ranking of Kings, the second Kerr. Yeah, so this one's a bit um, a bit weird because of the fact that it isn't a winter, but it is because the fact that it started in fall, and like Jason said, given its Kerr release, it then bleeds into this winter season. But that doesn't matter, because what does matter is that Ranking of Kings is incredible. Holy crap, it's so good. So the second half now has started. It's on episode 14. So, yeah, the second curse started... Two episodes yeah, ago. Two episodes ago. So I, I'm enjoying it. It's it's so good. The, the, the music got better as well. The opening and the ending, oof, fucking fire. So I think I was on episode 8 was the last episode I finished, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It wasn't that I dropped it. It was just I wanted to finish all the other premieres first, and... Because I know that Ranking of Kings is going to be good. Similarly with my opinion of Demon Slayer, because I read the manga for Demon Slayer, I'm just like, I'll just wait till it all comes out and then just binge it. Because 
with Demon Slayer in particular, it's just youthful table doing youthful table, and they do good stuff. That's it. Yeah, this is actually a, a, a kind of weird thing for me as well, because I'm, I'm similar to you where it's like, rather than trying to watch it weekly, I want to watch something in one sitting. Be able to watch like four or five episodes in a go and then take a break, go to work, and then you know go back home, have dinner, and then maybe watch another four episodes. That's how I do finished up uh, My Academia. That's how I finished up Haikyuu. That's how I finished up Full Metal Alchemist. I could see me doing the same thing for Ranking of Kings. Unfortunately, because of how good the show is, I kind of just want to know more. Every 20 minutes it goes by every week. I want to know more. I want to know more. And it's always like leaving me wanting more. And it sucks because it's it's basically another couple more days before I get to watch episode 15. But nonetheless, it's still a incredibly good show. Please watch it. Um, nothing much else to say. So we'll also watch Demon Slayer. Uh, uh, I, incredible. I didn't watch it, but I have finished the manga series, so I know what happens and how it's been covered. And yeah, don't tell me more because of what you did last time to me with uh, yeah, I, I, Titan. I, I feel bad about that. Which and, actually, by the way, now that I've also managed to pick up the manga and finish it myself, you're it's fine. Cool. You you were literally just one like one volume away from from where that thing happened. Oh, and okay. Ah, like, okay. I feel bad. It, it wasn't too bad in the end, though. It all made sense in the end. So. Similarly with Demon Slayer, at least I think Will can attest to this, Ranking of Kings, as similar to Ranking of Kings, Demon Slayer is same shit, different day in a very, very good way. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. I mean, look, it's still UFO table. It's still like the, the water breathing shit. It looks super, super fluid. Um, some of the fights, like if you thought that like, was it episode 18, episode 19 from Yeah, 19, one? I think. Episode 19, right? It's same caliber. Like, I, I, I can, I, can have, I mean, the fact that it's ranked higher than the first season and the movie it's just like oof, this is this is a fun time everybody should check it out if you haven't already or just pick up the manga if you want to finish it up as quickly as possible because who knows how long this run's going to go for now uh another series that i quite like a lot is teasing master takagi-san i have watched pretty much everything they have season three this season and they have a movie that's coming out later this year, I think. Doesn't it suck that you have to reboot your high dive subscription? So here's the thing. With with season one, at least we're talking about in the West. I think in Hong Kong it's slightly different. In the West, season one is available only on Crunchyroll. Then season two is available as a Netflix exclusive, so it's only available on Netflix. Then I found out that season three is only available on high dive. So it really frustrates me because on one I mean, hand, you you have Netflix and Crunchyroll, right? But yeah, then and you had, but you hadn't used High Dive in a while. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, like the point is that at some point, I understand, like, oh, as a studio, you want to go to the highest bidder to earn the most amount of money. I get that. But on the other hand, it's like as a user, as a consumer, it is so unfriendly because it, everything is disjointed. Like, how are you going to do this? Not everyone has all three services. So. The good news or the silver lining within that is that it is very kind of slice of life and very episodic. So it's not necessarily there are huge developments, even though there are bits and pieces here and there. But season three is also similarly with Demon Slayer, similarly with Ranking of Kings. Same shit, different day in the best way possible. If you like season one and two, season three is amazing. If you don't like season one and two, why even bother trying to catch up and watch season three? There's no meaning, and I'm excited for the movie. Yeah, I think in the same way as well. Like with 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 the next show, how the realists rebuilt the kingdom. 
if you haven't watched season one or if you didn't enjoy season one, there really is no reason for you to watch season two. But I I really like the show. It's I, I think it's it's witty. It's dry as heck, but it is also a fun time to watch it. I, again, I can't really say much else because, like you said, same shit, just different season. So I have to ask you though: Do they up the ante for season two? No, it's literally the same thing. Oh, okay. that's why I like it. Okay, I see, <laughs> it's, I see. it's it's like it, it doesn't beat around the bush of what it, it's literally how uh, it's it's a real representation of what one would want to do to rebuild a kingdom. That's how dry this thing is, and it's fucking funny as shit it's incredible i i i'm biased as heck but if you already watched season one or you like are, are on the way to finishing season one finish it and then get into season two all right well here is your um daily uh allotted time for jojo go jojo part six is absolutely fantastic david productions i fucking love you guys i don't understand why anybody would have thought that part six the manga was the weakest besides part one i thought it was incredible and then when you start adapting it using the the, the brilliance that is david productions the music the opening is so goddamn good i think it's even better than um the Ten opening it's super super fun what the, no yeah no it's incredible that just shows how good this 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 whole JoJo package is going to be. It's killing me that season. The, the, the next part's going to be a little while before it comes out on Netflix. But the good thing is, it's just look like if you if you need to just rewatch all the old stuff, rewatch all the old JoJo's. Fuck, even watch like the Rohan Kishibe specials. It's oh goddamn. Okay, that, that's it. That's it. That's all I have to say. So um, I have a few things to say about JoJo in particular. So the first thing is part six is called Stone Ocean. And the reason why, I guess, in some ways, people think that this might be a, a not-so-good season is in regards to the protagonist, which I won't say anything beyond that. What I will say, though, is the way that it is structured, first of all, it is uh, exclusively on Netflix. And Will has told me that based off of the anime and based off of just what he knows about the length of the arc in the manga, it is several curves, would you say? It would be a minimum three curves. So that's how all the previous ones were. As so well. at least like thirty six episodes, thirty nine to forty eight, something like that. Because the previous wait, forty eight is four curves. Then no, no, that's what I'm saying. It could be, it, at the minimum, thirty three curves. Okay, because okay. part three was four curves. I Parts see. four and five were three curves. I think there's one that's like fifty two something. No, that's forty eight. That's that's ah. Star Stars Crusaders. Okay, part three, right? Yeah, you're testing my JoJo knowledge. Okay, oh, no, it's, it's all right, guys. Are you gonna try and test me on my stands as well? Then, nah, dude, I haven't even gotten there yet. But for um, gotta watch them all. I will be watching part two. So, Battle Tendency. Look forward to that. That's a fun time. I'm also going to be watching Kizumonogatari as well for that episode. So that should be a fun, fun ass time. So JoJo. We don't know whether or not the second cur or third cur or so on and so forth will be released, but judging by the way that the first 12 episodes were released, they're going to release it by curse, basically. Yeah, and it, it, for sure they will come out. It's just a matter of when, like how long they went away in between each cur. Um, of course, caveat, if you haven't watched JoJo yet, then what are you doing? Please go and watch it. But bear in mind, there's a lot of episodes. I think there's like at least 100 episodes between episode one from part one all the way through to current. So... Take your time. Take your sweet, sweet time. All right. Now let's get into the final sequel, the big boy, the Titan, where it is being attacked. We're talking about Attack on Titan, the final season, part two. It's it, it's still bewildering to me that it's like they, they split up like, oh, this is like the final season. 
oh, this is the final season, part two. And this is going to be the final season, the final part. Well, I, th- <laughs> I, I, I think it's partly because of the studio change. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, that that too. And also the fact that even like, well, to be fair, like season three was split into two parts as well. I think it's just the fact that it's just so much in the last arc. I think if we were to actually look into the amount of chapters, it was 40 to 45 chapters. Um, but the fact that a standard Attack on Titan chapter is like twice the length of a normal chapter. Exactly. I was about to say that. Yeah. Like that's why it's like you're trying to fit in like eighty to ninety chapters with the stuff in one season, so it's not going to happen as you're going to say. There's well, going to be part three and part four or something. I don't even think part three, part four. I movie. It's going to be a movie. Fuck off. Oh. It's gonna, absolutely going to be a movie. So Will also did his due diligence and consumed all of Attack on Titan the manga, so he knows everything from beginning to end. I, on the other hand, have not progressed any further than where. I have read in the manga. You're four volumes behind, right? You're on volume 29? Something like that? Yeah, I think there's 33 volumes. 34? Something, somewhere yeah. there, somewhere there. So It's good. It's really good. I know, I know. And I'm at the point where the, the season right now is basically where I dropped off. Doesn't mean I'm going to drop it off completely. It just means that, like... You're just not full Sasakeo yet. Yes, you know, you yeah. know, with with the salute. Yeah, it's gonna be it, it, it's gonna be a, a fun season, but at the same time, I am also very wary that you're not gonna have the the full story by the time part two ends. I think be prepared for another long wait before you know part three or more likely a movie comes out. That movie is probably gonna be three hours, two or three hours. It's gonna be like fucking end game shit. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure, even though I know what happens, I will probably still watch it. But that that's basically it. So that, that that wraps up the the the, the second curves and the sequels uh, of stuff that is from this current season or like blood in from the previous season, all wrapped up. Watch that shit. If you haven't watched it, don't bother. All right, now let's get into the shit. Let's get into the crap. So looking at this list here, let's see. One, two, I've watched half of these, and. I, I don't think I'd be able to recommend any of them, to be fair. But there's a reason why they're called our dumpster fire of winter 2022. So we are going to spend this opportunity not to inform, not only to inform you of what these animes are, but we are going to shit on them and tell you why you should not consume it. And hopefully you will have some enjoyment from us berating these the quality of these anime shows. I think some of these maybe are a little bit unfortunate that they're here, but for the most part, like I think they did enough to warrant the hate. I think... Like it's it's incredibly hard to recommend a few of these, and then it's very very easy, very very easy to just say, turn your computer off, close your phone, walk away, and wait until the next episode of this anime comes up so you can watch that instead. Uh, which one do you want to start off with? By for 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 this stuff. I, I mean, I'll I'll go well, first. Which which series are you going to throw into the fire first? Oh, we're we're or, oh yeah, we can jump back and forth. Hmm, let me think. Um, let's talk about Dolls Frontline or, or Girls Frontline. Whichever one, right? Copyright so, or non-copyright. So, originally, um, the anime is called Dolls Frontline, which is based off of the mobile strategy role-playing game Dolls Frontline for Android and iOS, developed by uh, Mika Team, which is a China-based uh, video game developer. But you might have noticed that under certain places, particularly in Japan, they call it Girls Frontline as opposed to Dolls Frontline. 
And I was like really curious as to why that's the case. And it turns out that mainly it's due to copyright issues because it was trademarked. Dolls Frontline was trademarked in Japan or something. So then they they um, re-released it as Girls Frontline, but they're the same thing. Have you ever played the game? No. All I, I wanted to try and get the game, but I think they shut down the servers. Uh, or they, they said they shut them down to improve the game. So I haven't had a chance to actually play it. Uh, I'm not actually sure if it's like, exclusive to Japan or not. Because the fact that it's offline, I can't I can't find it anywhere. I think I played it before. It's it's a tower defense game, if I remember. And there's a huge gotcha element. Um, and it is produced by Asahi Production. Uh, the storyline, as you might guess by having either dolls or girls in the title of or f- your... And Frontline. And Frontline. It, is, it takes place after World War III, where kind of an AI goes berserk and creates a bunch of uh, AI, like humanoid AIs that are girls, and they go around literally trying to murder the human race. On the other side, you get a bunch of dolls, which are also humanoid AIs, that tries to fight for humanity and overtake these evil AI overlords. The reason why I thought this show was worth checking out was... The game was massively popular. I thought the designs were pretty cool. and Hey, man, it's cute girls doing military things. Yeah, and the fact that, like, it, I thought, like, there was, like, there may be a strategic element because it's a tower defense, even though tower defense games are not that strategic. But there was no strategy in this whatsoever. It was a crock of shit. I thought the voice acting was pretty poor. It just didn't feel like a fun time watching it. I don't even remember any of the girls' names. Oh, I remember them because they're all their names were pretty funny. Uh, M4A1 was the main character. Which is basically named after a model of gun. Yeah, and, and and a lot of them are like that. So, uh, just don't watch it. It's not it's not worth your time. Remember, like a lot of these shows that we're going to be talking about right now are absolutely not worth your time. We're just letting you know why. Just in case you have a little bit of curiosity as to what these shows are about and whether you might want to check them out. I mean, we could be wrong. Maybe you could get some enjoyment out of it, but we didn't. And the reason why I thought Doll's Frontline is not great is mainly because the main character, M4A1, is kind of like this commander. But then she is kind of have this sort of struggle, internal struggle with like, oh, these dolls are kind of expendable. So they can be murdered, basically, and cannon fodder for us to retreat while they are basically just there to die. Oh, do I'm assuming uh, because I don't know that. Oh, do these AIs have a soul or not? Oh, these evil AIs, like, are they really that bad? I don't actually don't know if that's the case. But that is how the first episode is portrayed. There are some tactical stuff, but it's very, very minimal that I thought that was the whole point of the anime. There's nothing really revolutionary about the character uh, tropes either. You get the typical, like, oh, very uh, energetic uh, machine gun wielder, you get like the Onesama, you get the older sister, you get the main character, and you get a sniper. Like, it is as generic as generic can be, and I thought, that's okay, but they didn't offer anything more. So, don't watch it. What do you think, Will? No, I, I completely agree. It, it didn't give me any enjoyment at all, spending the 25 minutes just to watch that episode. Like, I think there's an episode 2 now, right? Or episode 3 is out too? Yeah, but I, I just didn't even bother. No. Just like how we didn't bother to, okay. I think maybe 
it's it, I'm always trying to think of okay, what's the nice, what's the neat segue to slowly getting worse and worse and worse. But unfortunately, there's a lot of real like hot trash on this list. Um, can I can I go off with yeah, uh, yeah. Futsal Boys? Yeah, sure, go ahead, bro. Futsal Boys is okay for those who don't know what futsal is. Futsal is essentially like a smaller version of football, or in the in North America, soccer. Right, so it's played on a smaller pitch. The ball is a smaller size too, rather than being a size five, it's a size four. Uh, and because of the smaller size, uh, there are fewer players. Uh, I also didn't realize that because there are fewer players, they also play different positions. Uh, apparently, a goalkeeper is not called a goalkeeper; it's called something else. Isn't it also played indoors? It's usually played indoors, yeah, on hardwood, as opposed to in this case playing in it's 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 cage football or cage soccer. Uh, but I guess you know the, those those football soccer fields do exist as well. We have a few of those in Hong Kong actually. There, there's quite a few of them on, on the uh, the other side of Hong Kong, uh, which I've seen, but I haven't played them them before. Anyways, um, you you know how I feel, and I guess for yourself, how you feel about Skate, right? Skate the Infinity by Bones. Yeah. Look, it's I don't think it's a good anime, but it is definitely not. A bad anime. Like, if you were to say, I love Skate the Infinity, I'll be like, yeah, I get it. But it just wasn't for me. But for the most part, it's because it has that appeal in terms of bones, pretty boys. It, the animation's super solid. Very solid. Now, so that's the thing. Uh, Futsal Boys doesn't have any of that. It does have the boys because they literally have a blue-haired fucking... Uh, cute, not cute, a blue-haired, like, Bakadere. And then you have, like, a, a, a blue-haired Koo who just doesn't really want to, like, show off his skills. But if he's going to be in it to win it, he's going to do it on his own. Um, so you have those character archetypes. Literally the same character archetypes as what you saw in Skate. Uh, now, you and I also both watched Crocodile Basket. Well, at least I watched, like, half of the first season. You've watched most of it. Right? I've watched all of it plus the movie. So the whole thing with it is it's, it's basically Super Saiyan basketball, right? Yes, exactly. So they also try to do the same thing, but because of how poor the animation quality is, is, oh, my God. Like, when they do, like, oh, like, oh, the, the guy kicked the ball way too high. He's kind of going to reach it. Oh, don't worry. That five foot one midget was the top scorer in middle school. He is the Dragon Ball kicker, and he does, like, a bicycle kick in the air. He flips, like, 360, and he just smacks the ball into the corner. But the problem is, like, when he kicks the ball, there's, like, a lot of animation for the ball getting kicked. Like, a dragon shows up or something, and then all of a sudden, next the next shot is just the ball moving, but the rest of the screen is stationary inside the gold net. Um, yeah, just that one shot alone basically blew out the whole like, studio's budget. Um, so when you add superpowers into a poorly animated poorly voice acted show where characters don't really have much substance um that then reminded me of remain which was the water polo anime that came out from mappa two seasons ago or three seasons ago it was fairly recent it came out in the last year um now i watched like six episodes of that thing there was no water polo to be played at all there was like one ball thrown within six episodes garbage similarly here there's like there's no there's, there really is no plot there's no story that i, I want to get involved in the people are just yeah um i i can't recommend it like if you if you're gonna watch a sports anime just watch haikyuu or wait for blue lock to come out like if you like football or soccer whichever country you're from and whichever you want to call it just wait for blue lock that one's gonna be a lot better i promise you yeah i read the manga for blue lock and i thoroughly endorse at least the manga and hopefully what I've seen of the anime, 
because they are doing promotional stuff now. It looks pretty good. As a whole, Futsal Boys is a very mediocre, un- unentertaining attempt at being a sports anime. Like, I, I, I really can't recommend it to anybody who likes sports anime. Like, if and even if you feel like, oh, maybe it's just cute boys doing cute things, that's not it either. Like, you're better off watching Skate. So here's the thing. Futsal Boys is actually a Japanese multimedia franchise. What, really? So it is done the... Was it, it is, was it Bandai Namco? Yeah, so Futsal Boys is produced by Diomedia. Oh, Diomedia, yeah, yeah, I heard of them. And then in a video game is going to be developed by Bandai Namco Entertainment and will be released at a future date. No wonder it's going to be bad. I... Not to say that multimedia projects never turn out good. It's just for the most part, your expectations should be lower than usual. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't recommend football. But I was looking at it, I was like, okay, I like football, I like soccer. And, you know, like this is probably something that could be that could be worth my time. I had to check it out, even though I didn't know anything about the studio that made it. Yeah, it was a waste of time. Don't don't watch football, boys. What's, what's, what's on your mind now? What, what do you want to throw into the fire next? So this next show that I am not going to recommend, but I am going to talk about, actually causes a lot of confusion in me. And we have to sort of go back in time to teenage Jason when he read a manga series called Sayuki. Sayuki is kind of a reinterpretation, reimagining of the classic Chinese story journey to the west fucking classic there's there's so many renditions and adaptations of it like i i can't even count how many there are and we won't sort of bore you with the story journey to the west but if you remember there's like a monkey king and like uh, a monk that has to travel to somewhere that's basically journey to the west tons of shows tons of media books have games as well games yeah. as well as as sort of done their interpretation of it and Sayuki is basically another different interpretation, and I thought it was pretty cool because back then, you still get the Monkey King, but the monk is now a smoking, grumpy young dude, but also has a revolver. Uh, Instead of their horse to travel from place to place, they have a jeep. You know, like, it's more, I guess, edgy in a way. And it talks about sort of dealing with fighting demons and different... Uh, religious ideologies come in and so on and so forth. The, yeah, it's definitely more of a modern, edgy reinterpretation of the classic story. For sure. And the manga series actually has five parts. And each part talks about a different kind of section. And the one that is airing this season is Sayuki Reload Zeroin. And <laughs> Sayuki Reload actually is the third of the five series, uh, and in the Zeroin, right? The third order, yeah, in the in the series of the five, and so it's, so it's all like it's all it's all called uh, Sayuki Reload something. No, no, no it's right? like Sayuki, and then the other one is like Sayuki. I forgot because the, the fourth series is Sayuki Reload Blast, right? Exactly. But the, the first, the first and second, like, it doesn't. It, it's Sayuki something something or whatever the name may be. Yeah, ex- yeah. So I don't remember exactly the names, but I know this is the third, uh, I guess, section of the five. And here's the thing: the last anime that was made for this property was like ages ago. We're talking like I don't even remember, like 2017, and then the one before that is like even longer. So 
it's based off of a property that I read as a teenager. So you know it is, it goes way back. So I didn't understand because Reload Blast, which is the fourth in the series, aired already, like 2017. So why are they going back to the third one? So, okay, fine, I'll watch it. Maybe it's like a, you know, a remix or they are revitalizing the series. I know the arc based off of the episodes that I watched because I read the manga. But there is zero introduction for any newcomers, which for the most part I assume would be almost everyone. And the animation is fine, but the fact that there is, it's almost like, oh, remember last season? Yeah, this is the continuation of that. Oh, and uh, the next season stuff is already out, but don't worry about that. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I went into this, it was like, and then like watched the first episode. It felt like, yeah, you know what? You're watching this now. You should know who all these people are. It's like, okay, fine. Like Because of the fact that I've, I've read and watched so many different versions of Journey to the West, I can tell who all the characters are, what they do, but it felt like I was missing something. Like I didn't know what the progression was. I didn't know what the backstories were for these characters. And all of a sudden, like they're in a Jeep firing guns, and there's demons start showing up. Yeah, and look, if you are of Asian descent, chances are you have heard of Journey to the West. If you are a Westerner, you might still have heard of it, but I would I would assume that there's a very, very significant chunk of people who either only knows Journey to the West by name or doesn't even know of it, period. So then when you introduce this out of nowhere and then people watch it and be like, well, what the fuck's going on? It is just a complete mess. And I've no under... I don't understand why this exists. Like, okay, if they're revitalizing it, then yeah, but they're not. They're not doing that. So I don't know. What's also disappointing, too, at least this is from my perspective, this was done by Leiden Films. Oh, yes, of course. Leiden Films, they're they're decent, right? They're they're actually pretty good. I mean, I I liked watching some of the stuff they've done, like um, Cells at Work Black. I liked that. Uh, Took a Revenger. Despite some animation quality dip, it was generally, like, Pretty well animated. Uh, the Arslan Senki, which is another classic as well. Um, I think in general, you could say that they're they're a pretty okay studio. They they hold up well. It didn't show in Sayuki Reload though. So here's the other thing I forgot to mention. Sayuki Reload was actually made ages ago, fall 2003 by Studio Piero, and I guess this is a retelling of that series. But here's the thing, and. I'm just going to go on my soapbox because this really bothers me. Uh, Saiki Reload is faithful to the manga from the 14th episode and onwards. And then Saiki Reload Gunlock also starts deviating from the manga until midway into the series and then strays off uh, until the finale. So it's just like this mess of oh, so, what... So they are called Saiki Reload something then. Yeah, I, okay, I don't know. Right. Fuck it. It's just like I don't even understand the consistency. I read the manga. I quite like the manga. So it's just like... What the fuck is this for? What is it doing? Okay, I'm done. I'm I I I'm just gonna stop. Well, it's got a six point two two, and it's probably gonna be lower. It's it, it's definitely not breaching into seven territory. I just don't see that at all. The fact that the membership for this on Mal is seven point eight thousand people compared to all the other stuff, yeesh. Stay the hell away from this. Um, do you want to get worse? Do you want to keep the level of of trash, or do you want to throw in some real fuel to the fire? Let's fucking just go all out. Let's talk about rusted armor. Rusted armor. Oh my god, rusted armor. So, anyway, will, will, will. Do you how remember many, how many seasons running now? Is it there? There has to be a show that is so abysmally 
bad that it drags the overall average down. Rusted Armor, Will, did you know, is a Japanese mixed media project. Oh, no fucking way. It consists of various 2.5D stage plays, the first of which running in 2017. There is a manga, there's a second manga, and now there is a TV animation series by Kigumi. All right. It is their first major accredited work, which is not necessarily a bad thing. All right. So now that I've given you the rundown, let's go back, I think, two seasons ago when X-Arm graced the stage and uh, showed the world how truly low the anime industry can go in terms of production value. Then let's fast forward to last season and get Tesla Note, which I read the manga and I was just like, Look, the manga's not that great either, but how can you turn this manga into that anime? That was a 4.7 too. Holy crap. It was literally like watching X-Arm 2. Yeah, and and many people dubbed it. Well, guess what, guys? Rusted Armor is X-Arm Part 3. No, no, it's X-Arm the prequel. (laughs) Because they go back in the past. I lasted, I watched this, the first episode, I think I lasted, what? Eight minutes? Yeah, I lasted ten, but not to beat you. It was more just the fact that I was so numb from it that I couldn't even lift my arm up to click the the close button on this on, on the on the window. <laughs> I think there are ninjas, and then they go into a hot spring and started calling each other Baka. I think it's 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 definitely actually if you were to compare Tesla Note X Arm and Rusted Armor, which of the three would you say has the worst three D CG? Ooh, um. Because Tesla Note, X-Harm was bad, but it was bad on a comical note because it just showed how inept the studio was. I think Rusted Armor is the worst, and I think Tesla Note is the best, and I think X-Arm is in the middle. Yeah. I think you can give some excuse for X-Arm, even though in the end it's still like arguably the worst of the three. I mean, it started it. Right? And then Tesla Note was just... I think, I think Tesla Note started to take itself seriously. Like, the opening scene was pretty cool up until they showed, for some reason, the only person who was in 3D, and they turned out to be black, and he was the first to get killed by that train. Um, yeah, not 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 speculating anything here, but that was probably not the best decision there, whoever did Tesla Note. Was it Gambit? Who did, whoever did it? I think it was Gambit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but now, now the, the, that was Tesla Note. That was X-Arm. Rusted Armor is such a hot, sty- a steaming pile of shit. I... Neither of us finished it, right? Like, we can't even get to the halfway points. And we had to say, no, call quits, close my eyes, I need to lie down and actually contemplate life. It has a 3.44, so even worse than uh, Tesla, Tesla Note. Note. It's it, it's sandwiched in between, but it might as well be worse than, Tesla, uh, than X-Arm as well. Because, for me at least, X-Arm is watchable in the sense that you just laugh at it. Yeah, it's a, it's a hot, steaming piece of shit but at least you can laugh along the way oh that 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 kiss in 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 x-arm oh my god so funny and then when you talk about tesla no at least it's like you could see okay there was like one good five second split of like good animation and then the rest of it was stupid but it's also again it's just like because you knew of what came before it with x-arm you somewhat appreciate the shittiness that comes with tesla no and it does look marginally better rusted armor i feel like is in some ways better, but in because it is somewhat more competent, it is actually worse because then you're just like, well, then this is just a shitty product rather than I laugh at you. 
The other thing we noticed as well with X Arm, Tesla Note, and Rested Armor, all three of these shows were done by brand fucking new studios. Like these were literally the first major projects they worked on. Okay, <sighs> Will and I have a theory as to why these three shows exist. And honestly, um, let's just say that it is not of pure intention. And then uh, let's just leave it at that. Will, shall we? Yeah, it it starts. It, it's basically money, and the word starts. No, with no, 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 no! Oh, for fuck's sake, don't no. do that. But seriously, if you are a rookie studio and you're being tasked with a project that, from the get go, looks like it's going to be a crock of shit, maybe save some face and just not do it. I understand that you have ambitions; you want to show the world your capabilities. You know, this ain't this is not it, Chief. I'm sorry. Uh, hard pass on Rusted Armor. Another hard pass show is Fantasia Sango. Okay, this is the one actually that I haven't watched, but you have. So I'll let you take the floor. Fantasia Sango is based on a video game of the same name by User Joy Technology. And the first in the series was... <laughs> That's the name of the Yes. Idea. The first in the series was made in 2003. And the fifth one in the series, the latest one, was released on PC in 2018. And the anime is produced by Geek Toys. Under plot synopsis, Will, I wrote, who cares, lol, because basically it takes place in China. There is some sort of demon that uh, force that is sort of ravaging the lands, and the group of uh, MC's main characters are tasked with fighting against this demon force. Yeah. So the one thing is, like, I didn't know anything about this show at all, but you told me it's just basically like a juxtaposition. It's, it's, a, it's, it's like a whole mesh of, like, Chinese, Japanese... Um, because it's based in China, it's based uh, historically based in China, but this, with Japanese like language, which then posed a really big issue that you actually kind of went on a bit of a rant about in terms of yeah to you yeah, yeah about what the fuck is going on. So first of all, the only real thing I remember about this series is two things. The first thing is two sets of opai, because two of the female characters that show up have humongous oppai. If you don't know what that is, Google it. I'm sure you'll know what it is, most of you. And that's really, like, the only good thing I can say. And that's even, like, barely acceptable in terms of good thing because it's not necessarily a good thing. The main gripe that Will was mentioning earlier was their pronunciations of terms and names. Now, I know this is extremely specific because it is mainly reserved for people who know Chinese. But when you take place, when your anime takes place in China and the subtitles have Chinese, uh, basically uh, phonetic, is, is it right? Pinging yeah. is phonetic. Yeah, phonetic, right? yeah. So phonetic uh, kind of, uh, it's written out phonetically. But when the anime voices, the dub, says it in the Japanese kanji, which is some in many ways different pronunciation than the Chinese, it is really jarring and it really bothers the hell out of me. Because like I'm reading the subtitles and I'm like, okay, that's a Chinese name, but then you don't say it, you say it something close or similar, and I just can't follow it with my voice. Some people would just read the subtitles and be done with it. But when I hear it and I see the subtitles, especially when it's in Chinese uh, phonetics, I'm just like, it's really hard for me to 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 like focus and furthermore the show is shit fuck there was a talking there's a talking tea bucket at one point how the fuck 
There's a talking tea bucket, bro. This is a beating the beast bullshit, then. No. Enchanted tea buckets. Oh, and uh, the, be, oh, the be, tea, oh, the God, tea okay. bucket jumps and lands in between the opai of one of the female oh, main no, characters. Of course, right? That, that's the whole plot line. And right guess there. what? He wants to stay there. So this is warm. It's comfy, right? Bro. Okay. We're starting to run a little bit short on time. Yeah. Okay. And there's there are there are two shows specific, actually three shows specifically that you've watched that I haven't. So, um, I'll I will get to your thoughts. Um, uh, how do you feel about she professed herself? Pupil of the Wise Man. Okay, so this show is also known as Pupil Isekai. Uh, the show is actually not that bad. The first episode was really bad. The second episode was better. But it is basically about a world where uh, an MMORPG, people log in and out, similar to Sora Online, whatever. This guy um, who is a wizard who's known to be one of the most powerful summoning wizards there are, he purchases a cosmetic item near the end of the server shut time. Turns out that when he activated it, he turned into a girl, a cute little girl. And then all of a sudden, he finds out that 30 years have passed. And then he wakes up and is just like, oh shit, things are different. But um, I'm still the same person. Oh wow, there's demonic forces now. And this, this sounds like a, this, this is like a, a mismatch of like Uncle Isekai and Fantasy Bishojo. It is a fucking just generic bullshit. No, what, what's, the, what's the main gripe you have with it though? The CGI is so terrible. Okay. Like, we're starting to notice a trend that when it comes to CGI, don't fucking do it. Like, this, the problem is that CGI is not necessarily a bad thing. And even bad CGI is like tolerable, right? But when it is a huge core, because this person is a summoner, so of course he would summon things. And when these things explode like i don't know like 3d kid picks kind of explosion when you said that the 3d animation was worse than what was in deep insanity the lost child i immediately knew how bad this is so hard pass hard pass right how do you feel about orient orient is oh hey will what happens when uh demons rule the world but you are a human that fights as a rebel force, but you are a shonen protagonist and you have your best friend who belong who's a bushi that belongs to these group of rebels, but then the the demons demify the bushi. This is this is Demon Slayer, right? This is just Demon Slayer. Oh yeah. And then this guy, he's has a scythe, but he's a miner, but he has this huge ass scythe that no one seems to give a shit about. Like, oh why? Won't you confiscate it? Oh, people all of a sudden are on motorcycles. And lands on people. Oh, like demons are bad. Great. This sounds really fucking stupid. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't I can't get behind this one. It's fucking terrible. Oh, let's uh recite the demon chant uh that we do at the end of every class to sort of say how awesome demons are and how humans are indebted to demons, but even though that's not the truth, blah 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 blah. Right. The strongest sage with the weakest crest. Okay. Amazing. I watched it, but I also don't remember a lot of it. I only literally remember like the last five minutes of it. Similar to Pupil Isekai, this is a generic Isekai about a guy who is so overpowered, he reincarnates himself in 2,000 years into the future, and things obviously have changed. He realizes that the crest, which is a measure of magical powers that is on your hand, he has the most powerful crest, but in this world, uh, I guess like two, 3,000 years in the future, is declared the crest of failure and he's trying to figure out why and that's the case i will say though this show is watchable it's okay but it is very generic it's your typical isekai bullshit and it's it's basically tender for the fire yes 
There's nothing that it adds. If you want another one, this is not necessarily a bad one, but you're better off watching anything else. Right. I think the last of the ones which you exclusively watched um, yourself, Requiem of the Rose King. Uh, yeah. So, oh, fuck, I don't really want to... Okay, Requiem for a Rose King is based off of the manga of the same name. Yeah. And the reason why I brought this one up is because you were kind of... I, I know you're conflicted about this because you, you kind of like, were okay with the first episode, but then come the second episode... That's when your attitude towards it like flipped. Yeah, so it's based off the manga of the same name by Ayakano. In English is published by Viz Media. I think there's like 14 volumes. I have some of them, so I read it. It's loosely based on the Shakespearean play Henry V, Part Three, and Richard III, and it's produced by J.C. Staff. So already it's like piqued my interest. The show is a mess because it it not only talks about a certain event in in history about you know like. Um, British trying to rule uh, the throne, and then there's a lot of War of the Roses, there is fighting back and forth, there is lineage, there is a bunch of shit. And it takes, uh, the main protagonist is Richard III, who in the manga and in the anime is not necessarily fully of one gender, let's just say. And that is quite important because that not only plays into this person's psyche, but some people... He basically get love's interest on both sides. Bro, this sounds fucking complicated as shit. It is so messy. And I read the manga because the manga is an 8.0 something, which is really high. The anime is a 6.38 or whatever. Yeah, a whole, a whole damn two points. That's a lot of like difference between source material and what the fuck is this. You're juggling a bunch of character names that get introduced like really fast. You get events that they mash together that is already different than the manga. And obviously very loosely based on the Shakespearean play. It's just such a mess. And it really frustrates me because the manga is actually pretty good. Yeah. Now, the next one, we'll, we'll gloss over very quickly because there are two that I, I do want to talk a little bit at length. I know we're running a little bit short on the, the at least time for now. But, um, man, what a steaming pile of shit. No, no, World, we, World, we, we got quite a bit of time. Worlds and Harem was... What the fuck? I was is gonna this? leave that till last. No, because I want because there's, there's there's the other two. I feel like there's gonna be enough debate about these two. Oh, this one of the twenty fourth variety. Yes. Oh, fuck off. Okay. Right? Yeah, this, sure. Let's let's go with world uh, worlds and harm because the fact that they were supposed to release a couple months ago and then they pulled it off the air because they needed to do some quality assurance. They needed to make sure that this was ready for streaming, ready for the internet, ready for TV, and then they came back and what did they do? They just basically got a, a a marker and just splashed all over the screen. So Worlds and Harem is so fucking is okay. based on the manga of the same name, uh, and it is licensed by Seven Seas Entertainment. There's around twelve volumes. I read quite a bit of it. Unfortunately, I really want to take that back. Research, uh, right? You just needed to know how this compared to what steaming pile of shit this 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 anime is. It is produced by Studio Gokumi and Axes. Okay, the storyline, if you have not heard me mention it at least two, three times already, there is um, the main character has a certain disease that is progressive and also terminal. So then he had to cryogenically freeze himself because that's a technology that is readily available at that time in that world. So then he would freeze himself and he would wake up when a cure could have been found out, discovered. So then he can live like a normal person. Turns out that he gets, um, you know, reawoken, reawaken, reawoken five years later. 
and he is cured from the disease that he has. Great. Oh, wait, where are all the dudes? Oh, what? There is a virus that murdered every single human male on Earth? Other than the people that are cryogenically frozen? Wait, what is this virus called? Oh, it's the MK virus. What? What's the MK? Yo, MK sounds fucking serious as shit. I don't. You know, like MK Ultra, right? You know, of course, right? Like this is some extreme biological warfare shit, right? Oh no, it's man killing virus. Oh wait, so what about governments? Oh yeah, there's like a United Nations equivalent. Oh okay, Uh, what's it called? UW. Oh UW. United Women. Oh, fuck off. Why is that? Oh, because there's only women that live in this world now. Because oh. all the men, except for a couple, which you're trying to find, all men are dead because because of this aforementioned MK virus. So, um, main character, you need to now have sex with pretty much everyone under the sun, literally, so then we can repopulate the Earth. Oh, wait. Main character, you don't want to do that? Oh, you want to find your long-lost girlfriend slash fiancé? That you don't even know where she's at and if she's alive or not. What an upstanding, innocent motherfucking man right there. Just be like, oh, there's like 50 million women around you right now waiting to breed with you. And you're like, no, I'm saving my seed for my girlfriend who I haven't seen in five years after I had to take this this, this treatment to solve like my, my, my health problems, my sclerosis. Oh, where's my girlfriend? Oh, your girlfriend's not here, but. Here, you can go for a month looking for her. But during that month, we're going to try to fuck you. Or we're getting a lot of people to tempt you. Yeah. So I read the manga a while back in anticipating for the fall 2021 premiere, which obviously didn't. I Or I think one episode premiered and then they realized how much they fuck up. I will reiterate what I said even back then, which turns out to be very accurate now, is I think that this manga and this anime serves no purpose for anybody. The first thing is because... The manga is basically a porno, but with a very, very loose storyline. So at that point, if you want to enjoy something of that caliber, you might as well just read hentai. But if you want something etchy, which is like less nudity and less, you know, sexual references, but still have some sort of lewdness, there are plenty of shows. Some of them are pretty good that are available to you that you can consume. So therefore, this sh- this manga and this show to my opinion, is trying to have the best of both worlds, but because it does that, no one wants it. And Will and I watched the first two episodes, and I have to admit, I knew that there was a lot of nudity because I read the manga. The censorship in this anime series in the first two episodes is horrendous. All they did was literally, as Will mentioned, grabbed a black marker and whited and blacked out everything. And make it worse, some of these scenes, they literally blacked out the entire body because the person is naked. And I'm just, at that point, it's like, why release it like that? Just, just, just be a hentai, bro. Like, oh, fuck. I'm so mad. Also, this show is not good and the manga is not good. It's terrible. The manga is actually rated worse than the anime. And the reason why is because rather than, you know, reading porn, some people would like to watch porn, right? Well, like you said, just just go to Faku or go to wherever you get your, your cultured anime. What's actually even more depressing as well, despite it coming out in fall, we are going to categorize it as a winter release because of the fact that they're now releasing the new episodes. It has 130,000 members on my anime list, which if you factor into the winter season makes it the fifth most popular series of the season only beaten by Furetta, which is also another big titty etchy harem light novel adaptation 
So here's the thing. I actually don't think Worlds and Harem is that bad in terms of animation or just the looks. But the storyline is so abysmally crap. The censorship is so overdone. And at that point, it serves zero purpose. You're better off, I don't know, having someone do literally, the uncensored version or something, whatever. it's like whenever you like watch Echi, like at least there's comedy. At least there's drama. There's something. like There's some shtick. Right? This, on the other hand, there's nothing on offer. It's literally just a guy who's trying to find his girlfriend. And every step of the way, there's another girl who's trying to fuck him. That's literally it. And I'm all- sorry if we're trying to be as like brutish and as 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 plain as, as simple. Yeah. This that that's, there's nothing else to talk about it. And to me, it's a fe- a little bit offensive because the the guy because he's like one of like five or however <gasps> many. Oh, oh oh it's a man! Oh my god! No, oh, and then the women just start throwing themselves on yeah. this man. So that is a bit like well okay iffy. But then also the guy is labeled as a commodity as a resource. So no one you, you would think like oh it's just like a guy's fantasy and in a way it is. But on the other hand, it's just like everyone just gets degraded. No yeah. one, ha- no one like, oh, fuck. Every woman there is just like, oh, feeding. Oh, he looks so cute when he's eating. Oh, I want to breathe with him. It's like, okay, that's, um, this is not, this is not great. Um, I don't know who this is for, except for, of course, you know damn well who this is for. Um, stay the fuck away from this. Like, honestly, in Worlds and Harem, the anime or manga, if they were to just make it a porno, in my opinion, I wouldn't consume it, but I would think it would be better received. Most pornos don't even have good plots. This is literally it. There's no good plot, and it's just basically titties and ass. Like, make it a fucking porno. And, 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 and dicks and vaginas. But yes, okay, let's talk about Tribe 9. Yeah, Tribe 9, actually, okay, so this is actually great, kind of depressing that we have to put it in this dumpster fire because, holy fuck, like, it's such a fucking weird, stupid show. But like, I mean that in a fairly positive way so it's set in this this dystopian cyberpunk future of japan where oh will did yeah. you know it's also a japanese multimedia franchise no fucking way. it consists of a video game developed they also by... bandai namco no it is the the video game was developed by tukyo games never heard of them and also an animation series by Lion films which is the one we're talking about right now yeah and there's also a webtoon that has been announced what the character design, though, and this is the part that's actually pretty cool, is designed by uh, Ryui Komatsuzaki, which she, uh, he did the character designs for Danganronpa and Akudama Drive, which has a very distinctive look, and it looks great in terms of the character design. The music also is done by the same guy who did the music for Danganronpa, which I played, and I quite like the music. That's one thing, too. The music is fucking incredible. I the, really like the music. The music is basically tech... I would even call it techno at that it's point. It's techno right? metal. It's new... Like, it's, it's really just like an amalgamation of all different genres that you would expect from someone who does like Japanese video games. If you play any of those games, you know damn well that the music is always going to be A to S tier. But, it, unfortunately... The voice acting for this show is, it's not even a tier. It, it doesn't even register on the tier list. It's so fucking bad. Okay, also, the storyline is bad because guess what? It's called um, Tribe 9. In this world, Neo Tokyo. So, obviously, old not, Tokyo. Not, not the same of, um, not, not the anime Neo Tokyo. Exactly. So, it's just Tokyo, but newer because I guess, whatever. Copyrights and shit, yeah. In this world, um... The world is run by gangs, but they don't call it gangs because, you know, they're they're all about the new age shit. So they call themselves tribes. 
Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah, this is, this tribes is totally a new age word. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Anyways. These tribes started, you know, uh, killing each other to uh, argue for turf and violence and ensues and everything. So the Japanese government is like, bro, we need to stop this. How? Let's have... A- the, the, the good old Japanese classic baseball. Let's have these tribes duke it out, not with their fists. I mean, I guess if you pitch, right? But with a baseball bat on the baseball field and call it extreme baseball or XB, if you will. Extreme baseball. It's, yeah. I, okay. I, with, with that kind of premise, it sounds fucking crazy and stupid but the good kind i would i would enjoy that however it is not however like it gets held back by poor animation incredibly i think the voice acting is like the worst it's even worse than what you will hear from uh rusted armor jesus christ it was it's mismatched the the pitches and tones are off it doesn't sound like the characters are actually casted properly then then when you actually get into the whole baseball thing there's like one section, one small section at the end where I'm like, wow, that was fucking incredible and crazy. I love that shit. Too bad that the 22 minutes before that were all fucking terrible. I think that if it wants to uh, have such an absurd and stupid premise, that they should double down yeah, and make it really dumb. Lay in into it, right? Like, If you're going to be dumb and crazy, be full on dumb and crazy. Oh, you have a baseball bat that turns into a lightsaber. Fuck yeah. Like That literally happened in the first episode. Oh, they play extreme baseball in the city, so not even on a field. It takes place in the city, and all the the citizens have to like close their doors and go home. In, in Minato, where the Tokyo Tower is, right? Like that's like a fucking like the biggest land point there is in Tokyo. Like if you were to tell me that, and you were to tell me that the character designer did Danganronpa and did a Kudama Drive, and you told me that the music is made by the Danganronpa composer, I'll be like, fuck yeah, let's go. Oh, of course it's based in Minato. The tribe is called the Minato Tribe. That, yes, that's why they played by the Tokyo Tower. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's. There are a lot, a lot, a lot of good things that I can say are comprised of individually good components. But when put together, it is just not good. Not to mention that some of the character designs are extremely generic as well, right? Especially like, oh, there's the, the big... Um, who's the guy that stands behind um, um, the... Whenever the catcher? Batting. Yeah, the catcher, right? The catcher... You, you said it. Looks exactly like the fucking guy from... I show twenty one. No, no, no. He's not. Guy. He's not the catcher. The, is that the catcher? The girl is the catcher. Oh, who's the big guy then? He he didn't play. He's just there. He's just there. I'm assuming he's a power hitter or something. He, okay. Well, we'll have to see oh, if, if nope, we see nope, episode nope. two. <laughs> okay. That if if that was already I mean, there was so much going for it. It, it. it could have easily been in the recommend list. Unfortunately, everything that we just mentioned just drags it down to the dumpster fire. So. No uh, more of that. All right. Well, we will have 10 minutes to talk about possibly the most disappointing, biggest dumpster fire this season, which unfortunately some people do not agree with us. But Will and I and the GAP bros stand by this opinion, which is Tokyo 24th Ward, done by Cloverworks, is an anime original, is a big pile of shit. When when you and I watched it two weeks ago, we watched the first doubleheader episode, so basically 45 minutes, we didn't say a single word except to say, this is really fucking bad. 
I had to really I had to look at the time stamp like, like five times five yeah. times after the episode double header we had to go downstairs from the recording studio and just take a walk because you were just so walk mad it out just walk it out because you were so mad and I was like the fuck is this so Tokyo Ward is about an artificial island in Tokyo Bay also known as the 24th Ward in this scenario they are about to be regrouped as part of Tokyo, basically. And the series talks about three childhood friends known as RGB because guess what? One of them is red hair, one of them is green hair, one of them is blue hair. Great. And it talks about their sort of tragedy that happens in the very, very beginning of episode one and dealing with it. But then some weird stuff happens and that tragedy some has some sort of progression and uh basically it becomes kind of like minority report yeah they get a message from the future from the past telling them to choose the future and then they all go and suddenly acquire superpowers not explained why but they are all of a sudden you know genetic freaks and they're able to scale buildings and hack shit at double speed and have incredible foresight which is like why would they have all that? But it doesn't matter because they're not jumping around the city trying to save someone from getting hit by a train. But then after that happens, they're like, oh, we're all going to you know, get together and commiserate for whatever happened in that tragedy. Tragedy, And then now it's like, oh, now that the RGB are together, this is the shining light of the future. It's shit. It's, it's fucking I don't I don't know who's it for. The, the dialogue is incredibly like chopped up and it just there's no pacing to it. The animation quality. And this is the other thing, too. This season alone, Cliverworks is releasing three things, two of which we're actually going to talk about in the second half of today's discussion. And the fact that they're doing so much in one go, in one sitting, I think as much as I love you, Cliverworks, please stop it. And furthermore, in April, yes, you're collaborating with Wit Studio, but you're also doing Spike's Family, bro. You're you're like how many shows this this year for Cliverworks? I think it's like six. I'm like, chill, guys. You you don't work yourselves to death. The problem that even though I think that Tokyo 24th Ward is by far the weakest of the three Cloverworks this season, it's, it actually doesn't look that bad at all. But it does look comparatively worse compared to the first two, although it's like comparing a unicorn with like a donkey at that point. The storyline, though, th- okay, I watched the second episode, which is regular length, and I thought the second episode was actually pretty good in terms of providing context and the way that it goes about it was actually quite nice. But when I mean by quite good and quite nice, I mean comparatively to the double header first episode. So it's not much. Yeah. Cliverworks, please. Like, you guys need to chill the fuck out. Because, look, look, I would even say the same thing about MAPPA. Because they they went on a tear the last two seasons. But it's like, for every Dora Hedero and Jutsu Kaisen there is, there's also a fucking God of High School. Right for every Ida Ten and every uh, uh, Kakaguri there is, there's also Tacked Up Destiny, right? And for every fucking AOT there is, there's fucking Yasuke and Remain, right? Like I understand you want to stay active, you want to keep your name up there and show that you're hardworking and you're able to get the big names to come and you know pitch the projects to you so you can animate them. But holy hell, like there's only so much a studio can do in one year, and the fact that you're doing three in one season. Jesus. Look, it's very obvious where you put all your time and resources to. And it's clearly, you know, like not gonna not, not it doesn't set a good precedent for like what you're gonna do in the future. 
right? And I mean, in the same way, like, 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 One Dragon Egg was Cloverworks last season. Yes. And, like, whilst it started super, super good, like, oh, there's a reason why it made, they were most disappointing last year. And so. the finale really fucked it up. So, look, that concludes our dumpster fire discussion. We went on way longer than we both anticipated. But the fire is strong. This is a big fucking dumpster fire. Like, oh, my God. The fact that we watched, like, over combined, like, 20-something series and half of them are in the dumpster fire. Oof. So... It's not all doom and gloom, though, because after the break, Will and I will go into our actual recommendations. And I have to say, despite the fact that we just spent a good portion of time shitting on this anime season, and I do think, in my opinion, it is, it's not good, it's weak, there is still some very good stuff out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm look, really looking forward to this part of the discussion because I need to chill the fuck out and you know get away from this dumpster. And I should start talking about some good shit. So, should we go for a break? Yeah, let's go for a break. All right, we're, uh, I'll catch you guys very, very soon. See ya. See ya. Welcome back, y'all, to the second half of episode 26 for the Good Anime Palette Podcast, where Jason and I talk about the seasonal anime for winter 2022. Uh, I'm glad that y'all sat through that uh, crock of shit that we talked about earlier. Now we're going to go into the good stuff. Um, but before that, Jason, how are you holding up? Okay, so to be fair, what we said is not a crock of shit. The shows that we're talking about yes. <laughs> good, was good. a crock thank, of shit. Thank you for backing me up there. No problem. Yeah, so we talked about some really, really bad polarizing shows. This time around, we're going to be talking about the good stuff. Now, again, disclaimer, this wasn't a regular season. There were quite a few shows that didn't rank as high as you usually see in previous seasons. But nonetheless, the scores don't dictate everything. You're going to be, t- you're going to be seeing that there are actually some gems hidden in this season, and we're going to be unearthing them as we go along with the second half. And I would argue that some of these shows that people might say are not as good, I would say under the right circumstances, under the right tastes and preferences, it could be a pretty good show in certain people's minds. So let's start. Will, how do you want to go about this? Um, Let's actually start off with one that I felt a bit indifferent about, but you feel a little more strongly about, which is Police in the Pod. Okay, so Police in the Pot is uh, anime that is based on the manga of the same name by Miko Yasu. It is published digitally in English as Police in a Pod by Kodasha Comics. Eight volumes, I think, are currently released. I think I have like half of those. And it's produced by Studio Madhouse. The storyline, there really isn't any storyline other than to say it's about a police, two police women, in fact, and sort of their daily slice-of-life happenings and occurrences as neighborhood policemen or policewomen. I have watched three episodes that I've, have come out. I've just watched the, the first one. That's it so far. And for me, like it just didn't really hit the right notes. Now, that's not to say that it's a bad show. I think it's just the fact that there was so much other stuff that I was watching and I started committing to those that Police in the Pot fell by the wayside. But for you, like you actually watched Up to Current. So you have a, a much more comprehensive perspective on what Police in the Pod offers. So the score on my anime list for Police in the Pod actually jumped quite a bit in the past week or so. Yeah, it's hovering right below a 7. It's a 6.90 right now. And originally it was like a 6.3 or something like that. It was not good. It was not 
good in terms of the ranking. So I watched the latest episode, uh, episode three, and I have to say that I I think season three, uh, episode three was really, really good. So the reason why I think this show is not getting a lot of good reception primarily is because, A, it's about police women and police men, so who gives a fuck? Which, to be fair, sure, if you don't care about that stuff, then you don't. But the there is a surprising amount of dark comedy and comedic beats in this show that I did not anticipate. I thought, like, for example, at one point, I think somewhere in episode two, there a, a police woman would say to another police woman, hey, how do I officially input doggy style, quote unquote, into the police filing? And they answer that question. And it's kind of hilarious. They don't skip a beat at all, right? They just say it like, oh, there's doggy style here. How do we file in the police report? Oh, you just do that, do that, do that. So it stars two police women. One of them is a rookie police officer called Kawaii, which I thought was hilarious. Then it stars the senpai, who is... um. I forgot her name. Is it Fuji? Yeah, Fuji. And she was a sergeant, but then she got demoted because she caused quite a scene. But she was a very, very good uh, investigator. And uh, it talks about uh, the senpai showing uh, Kawaii the ropes. And uh, it's a lot of mundaneness, but it's quite interesting how different perspectives give you insight on how something can seemingly be, you know, just... um, a speeding ticket, but actually could be something more. Uh, But I have to emphasize that uh, episode three in particular was very emotional. And there are some of these rather wholesome emotional beats littered throughout these three episodes. I think it is very chilled, very comedic, and sometimes surprisingly uh, warm. And it's also nice to see that, you know, Madhouse is still staying active, right? Like we we have done our... Madhouse episode before talking about the rise and fall and potentially resurrection of Madhouse. And this is just one of the many shows that Madhouse is doing now to essentially continue their active catalog within the realm of anime. So look, I, I think definitely it looks it looks fine. Yeah, it, it looks, looks fine really, as an animation. Looks really good, uh, in terms of what you would expect at least out of a slice of life police procedural yeah and, and just to reiterate what jason was talking about how it was like it's based on like it's a police theme and who really cares about that what we really mean is that whenever we talk about these kinds of shows where it's like the we usually talk about like assassins and spies and secret organizations so when we get into the more administrative side of you know fighting crime it, it can be a little bit more stale and boring, but that would explain why it's a slice of life and not necessarily a thriller or an action yeah yeah uh that's what i meant like in the pantheon of anime shows, a slice of life police woman drama slash, you know, slice of life thing. It sounds boring and mundane, right? It doesn't sound like it's going to be all that exciting, but... But they it, do find some hilarity out of that mundaneness. Yeah, it's not it's not aiming to be, like, an action-heavy, like, like, comedy fest, right? There are going to be bits and pieces of, like, some good... Occasionally, even, like, very dark comedy, too. Yeah, and I would say, give it a chance... Watch till episode two, because I know for a fact that episode three is way better. But if episode two has convinced you, because I think the first episode is just setting things up. If you like episode two, you at least will like episode three and possibly onwards. So Police in the Pod was a better anime than I thought and I give credit for. And it's pretty decent. Right. Should we go into maybe talking about a kingdom that's in debt? 
All right. And talk about the genius's prince. The genius prince's guides to raising a nation out of debt. So this is an anime that is based on the light novel of the same name by Fal Maru, who did the art, and Toru Toba, who did the story. It's published in English by Yen Press under the Yen on label for since 2019. So there are seven volumes of the light novel, and uh, the light novel is ranked, you know, like 7.41, so it's pretty good. And it is produced by Yokohama Animation Lab, which previously did um, Lapis Relights and, of course. Miru tights. Mm, Miru tights. Mm, that's some primo quality stuff right there. The first thing I would say about this show is that it is not an isekai, which I thought was. An I thought isekai. it was too, because it was just like, oh, a, a kingdom with a prince based on a light novel, and like they're like literally like based in like a, a kingdom ish era. Like that looks like it was going to be an isekai, but you know, then Jason told me actually no, it's not. It's not an isekai. This is actually just based on an old ass civilization. Like fantasy medieval civilization. So Prince Wayne is um, a prince who has to take over for his sickly father who injured himself. So he is pr- – the prince is standing in for his – He's fallen. He can't get back up. And now he has to take over a country that literally is on his last legs. Exactly. Like it's just, a, it's just a, a broke as fuck country. Literally. I mean it's it's how to – how to get a kingdom out of debt, right? And he wants to basically auction off his country so then he can live happily in retirement at some secluded countryside somewhere out of trouble, out of thought, out of mind. Except the things that he proceeds to do sometimes, actually almost all the time, backfires and creates positive results. Or people underestimate um, this kingdom that this prince is currently ruling and actually good things ends up happening that this guy, this prince, does not want to happen. Meanwhile, his, his childhood friend, who's basically his assistant, is kind of like this dry sort of counterpart. And they kind of have this childhood relationship and there's this romance between the two and so on and so forth. But I have to say that this anime is actually quite good. As it was starting to unfold, I was just like, this kind of feels a lot like how a realist rebuilt the kingdom but there actually are quite a few like stark differences and that i think it, it, it's definitely a little bit, there's a little more action there's a little more sort of like well what the hell's going on as opposed to complete dryness from 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 realist i overall i enjoy it. it it was it was a good show did you watch the second episode just the first i was still like trying to catch up with all the other stuff i was watching I see. the second episode i have to say is um pretty cool because it deals with certain things that really shows why this prince is quote-unquote a genius. Because in the first episode, the things that he does are quite genius in a way, but it's almost like dumb luck that the way things turned out. But in the second episode, it was deliberate, intentional, and almost like mind games, three steps ahead, 4,000 IQ move. Yeah, it also looks pretty good, right? It looks okay. Yokohama Anilab, not bad. Okay, it looks okay. Right. Which one you want to go into next? And there's there's some that I want. That I think you know which ones that like that you and I will probably want to keep at the end. So, what's the next suggestion? What's the next recommendation of Winter 2022? All right, let's get this one out of the way. There is a genre that Will and I don't really care too much about. Um, it does matter for a section of uh, weebs, though. And this is boy love stuff. Yeah. This is just something that neither Jason and I have much of an interest in. I'm, I'm not into 
boy love. I'm not even really into, that much into girl love either. So I am way into girl love slash Yuri slash shoujo eyes. So this is obviously the opposite of that, which is just uh, it's it's gay stuff. And this store, this anime is Sasaki and Miyano, and it is basically about these two high school students, and one of them kind of really likes boy love stuff. And this other guy, who is the senpai, who has orange hair, is kind of like, basically, they kind of like each other. And the reason why this show is important, I guess, is because, first of all, it has a 7.77 or somewhere there on my anime list. So it's already ranked very high, like super high, comparatively this season. Furthermore, when you look into the genre of boy love stuff, in terms of ranking... This ranked number seventh on my anime list. So it's quite high up there. I think the manga that is based off of is an 8.41. For three. 8.43. went up. And Yen Press publishes the English adaptation. So it's very cute and wholesome. It kind of reminds me a bit of like Horimiya a little bit. Like just very ever so slightly. But the interactions and the banter is basically two dudes that are kind of in this weird puppy love period. That being said, though, I don't really care too much about boy love stuff. And if you don't, this is not necessarily like that you need to watch this. But if we look into the slice of life romance part of it. I think it is very good and very well done. It's very slow. But it's done in a way, it reminds me of Adachi and Shimamura of the girl love variety, where it takes its time, it talks about character development, and it's very clear that both these dudes clearly have some sort of feelings towards each other, and they grow and try to, like, get to know one another. There really isn't anything, uh, it's very pure, basically, is how it is. So pure love puppy love kind of thing yeah so if you're into your boy love or if you're not if you're really into you know slice of life romance this could be it for you i think it's a very good slice of life romance i won't check it out any further but i can definitely tell you it's a good one of those it's just if you don't like boy love stuff then it could be a deal breaker but if it's not then you should check it out on to the next one so I, I want to get this one out of the way because I'm not. I, I want to gather what your perspective is on this show um, because who would have thought that in a season with so much bad shit that I was able to find a show about idol voice actors? Oh God! Okay. Y- yeah. Yes. Well, Q is essentially just you know just a, just just a, a series about young and upcoming, even rookie or prospective voice actresses who are trying to make it into the voice acting game. Um, look, I, I really don't know what else to say about it other than the fact that I think it's cute and adorable as fuck, and I really enjoy the performances of these voice actresses, which, funny enough, and actually it makes sense, all the rookie voice actresses in the show are voice acted by IRL rookie voice actresses as well. Now, whether or not they're part of an actual idol group, I didn't research that far. But it's just funny that like the director of the uh, the voice acting studio that they're part of is the only one that actually has multiple, if not like lengthy credits to her acting CV. So it, it's it's pretty apt. 
they find rookie ones and it shows you can tell that there's like rustiness in some of the voice acting but i think that's that's what that's what adds to the charm of it um some of the performances are are, are good some of them are decent some of them you can tell that they've never done voice acting before but overall i i, I really enjoyed it so essentially the premise is just basically like is there really any premise it's just basically girls just trying to get a job in voice acting and they, they, they go to practices, they read scripts, uh, they do scenario practicing, and then they just start casting people. And so you have the director, you have the sound editor, you have the producers sitting in the studio listening to all these auditions and all these people like reading their lines. That That's really it. But I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know why. I, what, how, how did you feel about it? So uh, first of all, uh, Q is spelt C-U-E, like a voice Q, but there is one exclamation mark, not multiple, just one. It is also actually based off of a mobile game of the same name. And Liber Entertainment did um, the mobile game. Unfortunately, it's not online anymore. They are updating the game. So if you want to try and find and play it, you have to wait a little bit. But when I was looking at the rankings for the game, the game is actually ranked very, very high. So like that that also added a little bit of interest into it. Like I probably will pick up the game at some point and once it's back online, play it and see how I feel. But right now, when it comes to the anime, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I probably will actually watch all of it, if not like at least most of it. I watched the first episode actually this morning, and I think there are three episodes out, maybe. And um, first off, despite the fact that it's about voice acting, it is an idol show through and through. It is a huge ensemble cast of characters, and basically all the different character archetypes that you can think of are present in this anime. That being said, uh, I don't really care for a lot of idol shows in general, and um, I don't think Q necessarily is my cup of tea either. But, but, I will say this. The first episode, there is a sequence where um, the cast is tasked with reciting a Shakespearean play. It's called, it's Hamlet, basically. And, not basically, it is Hamlet. Now, it's not really a spoiler, but let's just say that um, there are certain main characters among the casts that they follow or put more emphasis on, and their rendition of the script that is being, um, you know, that they're tasked with portraying is actually quite an interesting sort of interpretation. And I can definitely at least see the merits of why this show would stand out from the myriad of different idol shows. But I don't think it is necessarily my cup of tea. I thoroughly enjoy it. But I think I enjoy That's the more, most surprising yeah, thing. I actually enjoy it because it's cute as shit. It's just fun to see these young girls trying to figure out like whether they're going to be able to make it as young, successful voice actresses. And it's, I, I don't know, it's just different to the usual stuff I watch. It boggles my mind because I'm usually the wholesome, fluffy one that usually cares about cute girls doing cute things, and I'm the one that doesn't vibe with this. Hey, man, this all started because I had to watch all that KyoAni shit, and now... Like, and then Princess Jellyfish, so yeah, this is... Yeah, dude, I like Jellyfish way more than you do. Fuck, I don't know, <laughs> it's, man. It's fucking, dude, Jellyfish is fucking incredible. I won't say Q even stands close to it, but it's a fun time. I mean, Princess Jellyfish is really good. But another fun time that I think Will and I will both agree this season is an anime of cute girls doing cute things, but this time it's about fly fishing. Oh my god, this is such a good show. Oh. We're talking about an anime called Slow Loop. Man, I watched the third episode this morning. Holy shit, it's so fucking cute. So, they're really... It's based on the manga of the same name, 
There's currently no English translation, unfortunately, so you're, you're out of luck on there. But really, it is about two girls bonding together over fly fishing. But in this case, basically, the mom and one of the girls and the father or the husband, uh, the father, father of, the other girl. of the other girl, they uh, they got married. They remarry and then they get together um, because of, well, basically past tragedies uh, relating to their own respective moms and dads who had passed away. Um, so, you know, basically, you know, out of grief, they found support, love, got together. And, you know, it's just basically unbeknownst to this girl because it starts off with just two girls randomly meeting at a, at a port, at a pier, when one of them is fly fishing. The other one's like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to go jump in the water. And then she just basically jumps into her swimming suit, jumps in the water, gets cold, gets sick, brings her back home, cuts some fish and makes sashimi for her. And it, it's just really warm and cute. And so, then you find that they're going to be a family together. At first, when I saw the first episode, I'm like, oh, this is citrus light. <laughs> this is basically, this is just, oh, yeah, this this is giving me Domicano vibes right there. This is some domestic girlfriend shit. No, 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 that's not it. This is not that kind of shit. This is pure. This is just wholesome. This is fluffy. This is cute. It's just two girls who are exploring life through the art of fly fishing. And I have to say, though, um, this reminds me of Yuru Camp, basically. Which you say that is like the the pinnacle of like cute girls doing cute things, like literally just like and doing that one thing really, really well. So, just like how I said to you, Will, you like Ozark a lot. I like Ozark quite a bit. I say that Ozark is like uh, a light version of Breaking Bad, even though yeah. that sounds like an insult. That's it's Breaking Bad without the Breaking Bad charm. But that's basically like saying that if it's balled in the same vein, at least it does a lot of the things right. And I would say that uh, Slow Loop is like that when compared to Yuru Camp, which is, it is really fluffy. It's really cute. It's just nice. The character dynamics are great. And you actually learn quite a bit of fly fishing God stuff. Damn, what's happened to me? <laughs> Why am I liking all this shit? <laughs> like, now I really want to watch Yuru Camp. You should watch Yuru Camp, especially because you are going camping. God damn, it's on Netflix too. Oof. Yeah, I'm going camping next week. Shit. I, I may actually do it for research. I may actually watch it just so that... Yeah, stay tuned for the next episode where I talk about how much I like Eurocamp. Yeah, that would be our uh, intro banter, right? Exactly, right. So, But Slow yeah. Loop is... It's a good time. I think it is a very, very respectable, good anime of cute girls doing cute things. It's it's as chill as they come. It's, it's, it's a very relaxing show. And if you don't know anything about fly fishing, it doesn't really matter because they'll teach you everything about tying knots, about what kind of bait you need to use. You mean a loop? Yeah. Of the slow variety. Oh, yeah, boy. Man. Oh, wow. Wow. That's some uh, some big brain IQ right there. Good show. Very good show. Um, well, okay. Very good with a caveat there compared to what we have already consumed and what we consumed in the previous seasons. It's still on its own. A nice chill slice of life comedy. Is there comedy? Some comedy. Some There's comedy some comedy. There. A little more slapstick. Yeah. Now, let's progress from cute girls doing cute things fishing to uh, spy espionage and murdering each other and kind of a love relationship, but you're not sure. Yeah, this one is uh, Kuroshi Ai, or oh, Love to Kill. Love of Kill. Love of, of, kill, of kill. And uh, it is based on the manga by the same name, by Fe, pronounced, I mean, spelled F-E. It is published in English as Love of Kill. Is it fair or fee? Fee, I guess. Fee? Yeah, uh, published in English by Yen Press. Five volumes out. I think I read a couple of volumes. The manga and the anime stats are fairly consistent. I think it's like a 0 0.4, 0 0.5 difference between the two right now. 
It is produced by Platinum Vision, which previously did Sounds of Life, among other things, and I really, really like Sounds of Life a lot. And I read the manga before there was even this announcement for the anime adaptation, so I was a little bit anticipating this show. This one, I think, it, it barely gets into the recommendations list, and I hope it does get better, but I can see where there's like a couple cracks. Generally, the story is about you know an assassin who was tasked to take out... Um, a point of interest, name being Sun Rang Ho, no Sun Rang Ha, uh, who is a notorious killer um, known for basically murdering a fuck ton of high class officials. Uh, so the two of them, the two main characters, get into a what's what's the woman's name? Chateau Dankworth. Yeah, what a last name. Man. Yeah, Chateau. Even her first name, dude. Chateau Dankworth. Fucking and she dank is ass name. And she is your silent, stoic, you know, woman. And this guy basically tries to flirt and, like, court her, basically. And she's having none of it. And then mix it up in all this assassination, espionage, and actually quite dark and grim shit. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. The fact that there's, like, so much murder and blood throughout the two episodes I've watched, like, goddamn. It, you can tell this is not going to be your, your standard slice-of-the-life romance. This is It's going to take you to some dark places. So it's it's a fun time if you just focus on like the romance element, but unfortunately, Actually, unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be that much romance. Right. So this manga is labeled as a jose, which is romance but catered to a more female-oriented audience. Well, I'm not a female; I'm a dude, but I I read a lot of shoujo stuff, so inevitably, I would read some jose stuff and. Not all Jose stuff are exclusively catered towards women. There are some Jose stuff that are actually really good. Because usually, and this is just usually speaking, Jose stuff is more mature. And it's just, I guess, in a way more grounded in emotional roots and so on and so forth. I think Love of Kill, the anime adaptation, is quite weak, actually. The in, the issue I have here is as, as much as like you could see the foundations being laid out, I worry that the main female character is going to succumb to um, FFS, which is feeble female syndrome. Hey, you're, you're copying me. Right. I said FFF. Uh, oh, which is, what was your FFF? Oh, what was it? Uh, shit, I forgot. Feeble female feelings or something like that. E- either way, this is... Princess I, in distress. Yeah, uh, and that, that's what I'm worried about too. Because if it's if, if it's made itself to be a Jose, I don't. I, I haven't read much Jose. Though apparently, some of the stuff I like. Oh, sorry. FFFs, in my opinion, FFF stands for female fantasy fulfillment. Okay. Yeah. Female feeble female syndrome. Same thing. Basically, I worry that this female character, this main character, is going to degrade to the point where yeah, she needs her knight in shining armor, her prince charming to save her. One thing I will say about Love of Kill, because I I read ahead in the manga a while back, is that there is actually a lot of action-killing blood, uh, twists and turns and betrayals, way more than your typical Jose shoujo romance. It shows in the episodes as well in the anime, though unfortunately, just, just speaking of, um, the animation quality is... Mama de la it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But it's a problem when you have all these high octane action scenes and it is done okay. But the problem is that it should have been done well. 
I mean, that's how it was shown in the manga, right? Or at, least, at least better in the manga. Yeah, and um, I have to say that when they get later on in the story, what you realize is the fear that Will has postulated ends up becoming somewhat of a reality in that the woman Chateau basically kind of becomes a princess in distress and everyone fights and kills over her. There is some romance progression, but actually it really does take a backseat to all the spy and espionage in action. So I think the manga is still really good. Hopefully the anime adaptation is okay. And that's why Will and I think that this is like borderline recommends on the cusp for sure right i think like one or two at bad episodes and it it may as well be sitting by the dumpster fire because if you hear the the name love of kill and you hear joe say romance right you'll be like oh okay so it's like it's like mr and mrs smith but really it is not no it's still in the end like you can see that it's moving into a direction where yes unfortunately the woman needs to be saved again thus talking about you know the issues that in the industry at large, not just within uh, manga and anime, but general media, that's sometimes you need a man to do a woman's job. And like, I, I this, this shouldn't go in that direction. I fear it will, but only time will tell. Speaking of men and women. Oh, I know. Let's go going. to, let's go to gender benders. Oh man, I was gonna think about a different one beforehand, but yeah, let's go into this one. So let's let's let's, let's talk about Fantasy Bishojo. So the English title for Fantasy Bishojo is "Life with an Ordinary Guy Who Reincarnated into a Total Fantasy Knockout." Yeah, Japanese name Fantasy Bishojo Jiniku Ojisanto. There's old man in the name, but old man, whatever. Which is just say and ordinary they, man. And they actually make that joke in the anime, which is hilarious. So it's based on the manga of the same name. Sorry, by um, Chibi Maru, who did the art, and Yu Tsurusaki, who did the story. Uh, a lot of people just call it Fantasy Bishoujo, but technically it is known as Fabiniku, which is like a different... Yeah, the Fa from Fantasy, B is from, from Bishoujo, and so on. And, Junik- and Niku from Juniku. So, at first, when I heard about this anime announcement, which was actually quite late in terms of the year 2021... I thought nothing of it. I thought it was like, this is just another bullshit isekai, whatever. But I watched it on a whim, and I said, Will, you gotta watch it. This is actually pretty good. It's 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 funny. I, I quite like it a lot. The storyline is about two guys who are best friends, and... Yeah, it's just they just left like a company function, right? They just got done drinking. Yep. Um, one of them just gets incredibly drunk. The younger, they're, they're the same age, or no? Uh, I guess the younger one a bit, right? Younger one a bit gets really, really drunk, and in his drunk stupor, just says, "I wish I was a beautiful woman." Well, the reason for that is because the other guy is this dashing, tall, successful, attractive person. The Oji son of the two, and the the. The other character is just the most average person ever, but they're like best friends. But the attractive guy doesn't always turn down any advances by any women, whereas the other average guy is like, dude, I want to get with someone, but I can't get anyone. And long story short, uh, go back to what Will just said. They both get a little bit drunk, but one gets wasted. And then he kind of blurts out, oh, I wish I was like a beautiful person so I can be like wanted by a, by everyone. Then suddenly, uh, um, a, pink, this, a, a pink, a magic, a magic creature. No, not even a creature. No, she's no, a goddess. Goddess, goddess a of pink-haired goddess with bunny ears shows up, and it's like, "Yo, I'll just transport you to another world." And then when they do, 
guess what? The guy got his wish because he turns into a really, really attractive blonde girl. And the dude looks the same, but actually has a lot of like crazy physical powers. Yeah. So because of this being like a fantasy isekai, you're going to be popping up the the stat sheets and all the, the windows showing what the different characteristics and personalities and even statistics of um, each person is. But here's the, the rom-com part. So yeah, okay, one guy turns into a girl, but the other guy is a guy. And the guy knows that the girl is actually still his best friend. Who's yes. A guy. And technically, the guy who's a guy is, in my opinion, a closeted gay guy. But sure, they both piss off the goddess of love because they were like, dude, what the fuck? Send us back. Why am I a girl now? Send us the fuck back. And then she But goes, you granted your wish, right? This is what you wanted, right? It's like, no, this. I was just like, I was drunk as shit. Well, I didn't know what was going on. And then, and then she, she, and then she, get, she, she gets super pissed and it's like, fine, I'll tell you what. You need to, you need to fuck up the demon king here. And when you do that, I will then teleport you back. But then the two guy, the well, I guess the guy and the girl, are just like, nah, fuck this. I just want to go home. And then the goddess is like, well, then fine. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna make it so that you, the OG sound, the closeted gay guy, is gonna like fall madly in love and super attracted to the now blonde haired got like drop dead gorgeous woman. And you, blonde hair drop-dead gorgeous woman who used to be a guy, you're going to also be super attracted to your best friend. Good luck. Have fun. Peace out. And thus begins the shenanigans of Fantasy Bishoujo. It's 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 funny along the way. It's, it, it still constantly reminds you of it being an isekai, fantasy-based isekai. Um, anytime those little quips show up, I, I chuckle. I laugh. It's a, it's a good time. I, I really do enjoy it. It's a, it's a, it is way funnier than I thought it would be. So, um, if you're into some sort of isekai and some sort of gender bender, but have things happen in kind of like a Konosuba hilarious type way, uh, fantasy bishoujo is. Oh yeah, dude, yeah, actually Konosuba is heck at some points. Yeah, for sure. It is, it, it's a good recommend for like a, a funny isekai for the season at least. Yeah. All right. Well, you got the next one. So there's. There's quite a few. I mean, you still have a lot to go through. There but, is a lot to go through. One that I want Holy to talk shit, about. Holy shit, we're almost... Okay, fuck. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We, we, we're, we're doing well in time. Because the one that I wanted to talk about, uh, if we talk about its full name, it's... Uh, oof, this is going to be a mouthful. Give me one second to try and get everything together. The name is... Kaichin Kaihatsu Bu no Kuroitsu-san. Or the English name, Kuroitsu-san from the Monster Development Department. I thought this was a pretty good show. Again, it's not fantastic. It does, you know, pale in comparison to the other stuff we're going to compare later on. But I, I thought it was a decent show. I, I, I mean, especially with the, the little Easter eggs, or not even Easter eggs, the little reveals they have throughout the episode, I thought it was fantastic. So it's based off of the manga of the same name. There's currently no English translation released, to my knowledge, and it is produced by Quad, which is their first mm. anime production. Hence why... I, We've never heard of the studio before. The story is quite interesting because in a world where, you know, like in a world where Power Rangers, Moomin Rider, right? Yeah, like the basically the, the, the Tokuhatsu stuff. The Sentai yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, just think Power Rangers if you're from the West. Uh, there are always these monsters that these people have to fight. You know, the villains. They have these monster of the week type thing, literally. And... 
who actually goes through the process of creating these monsters every, quote-unquote, every week? Well, Kuroitsu-san is from the Monster Development Department, and she, among her staff, is tasked with meeting deadlines, having prototypes of monsters rejected, having low budget, having last-minute switcheroos, all to accommodate the evil overlords and their conquest to defeat the Power Rangers equivalent of their world. And uh, it's actually decently funny and is full of Easter eggs of the Moomin Rider variety to the point where the intro, where they sort of dictate sort of the state in other areas of Japan, is super spot on, very old school, and makes a lot of callbacks and nostalgic references. Yeah, those references we won't bring up because they are kind of spoilers. I think it's just best for you to appreciate it real time. I, I, I enjoyed it. It, it. You could tell that like with its score as well and what we watched, it, yeah, this is not like a prime show. But for those who like a very specific genre, um, which is, of course, you know, the live action Sentai, Takahatsu um, kind of shows, especially like for me that like, growing up with Ultraman, and Moomin Rider, like I fucking and like the Japanese and American Power Rangers, love that shit. So for, I was I was having I was vibing with it the whole time. Oh, also by the way, these old shows, those people, especially their voices, r- real voices were used for each episode. As if that wasn't enough for you to get hyped about it too, right? Again, this is still not like the greatest show that we have to offer for the season. But it's still a fun time if it fits your niche. And if not, hey, maybe you're a little bit curious, you want to check it out. Don't let the score like sway you. I know it's not very attractive right now with its current mouse score of 6.38, but I do feel that it has a little bit more to offer than just what the score is. Another show that I that Will didn't really think too much of, but I, I thought was pretty good, is World of Leadale. It is based on the light novel series of the same name by Says. And the light novel and manga adaptation are published in English by Yen Press. And the first volume would be out in March 2022 and produced by Maho Film. Basically, this woman or this girl, really, who is on life support. So her only, you know, solace was playing this MMORPG called Leadale. And then a power outage occurs and basically she dies. But then she gets transported or reincarnated in this world except it is several years, several hundred years in the future. And this anime reminds me a lot, a lot, a lot of Slime 300, which is another isekai that is extremely chilled. Nothing much happens, but you get a cast of, I guess, eclectic, eccentric characters, and that's basically it. That was the issue that I had, which actually you described very perfectly. Like, if it was a slow slice of life, then, yeah, I I would just watch a slow slice of life, which I would watch, you know, slow loop. And if it's going to be more on the isekai, but chill isekai, then I would probably end up watching I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. So this kind of felt in the in-between, and because I couldn't really decide which direction I wanted to take it into, it, it didn't quite hit the right notes for me. Again, though, it's still a slice of life chill isekai and there's definitely a good niche for it so if that's your shtick if that's what you're into 
check it out. It is really, really very similar to Slime 300. I cannot emphasize this enough to the fact that the main character is a female who is so overpowered. Oh, yeah. I meant Slime 300, not, not reincarnated as a slime. Right. Yeah. Wrong one. Uh, but still, point valid. I, I, I think like, for sure that you just want to take like a, a very like slow-paced kind of show to watch. If it's not slow loop, then Leodel would be the other one. Yeah, I mean, there's some minor conflicts, some mystery as to what has happened in this world 200 years later. But I have to say that uh, it is just a very nice time. That's literally how I would say. And the score actually increased quite a bit too. So now it's like a 7. Before it was like a 6 point something. So... The internet at least agrees on my anime list that the show is getting better, and I have to agree. All right. Now we're getting into the last three, which coincidentally are also the three highest rated shows on this list uh, if we aren't talking about Attack on Titan or Demon Slayer. Um, I, oh, actually, you know, Sasaki to Miyada was also very high too. So basically, these three shows are 7.5s and up, one of them being an 8. So which one do you want to start off with? Because we can talk at length about all three because they're all really good. All right. I want to end on my favorite show of the season. I think then you know, I know which what one. It is. So we'll do the other two then. So let's start with... Bisco? No. Let's start with Sailor uh, Uniform. Yes. Okay, let's do Akebi's Sailor Uniform. Yes, this is so good. So Akebi's Sailor Uniform is one of the three anime done by Cloverworks this anime season. It is based on the manga of the same name by done by Hiro, and there's no official English release. Really, though, there is a plot synopsis, but all you need to know is Akebi is a high school girl who just got into a very prestigious, I guess, private it's the, school. It's, it's an academy where like, she has a, a crazy infatuation, like a passion to wear their school uniform. Now, if you were to go back in time and listen to our fashion episode, and also, I guess, our high school oh, episode, perfectly in that episode, which is episode sixteen and episode seventeen, I think. No, no, no. Episode sixteen was high school, something like that, in that in, around that time frame. Yeah. Yeah. So we both in those episodes put a heavy emphasis on sailor uniforms or school uniforms in general, and this woman or this girl, Akebi, is the embodiment of that. The reason why she wants to go to this middle school in particular is because of their sailor uniform, which she saw when her mom sort of unearthed an old photo when she was in that school. And it's just cute girl doing cute things. Literally all it is is just for her to you know, go about, eat breakfast, go for a walk, talk to her younger sister, talk about how much she loves his uniform, do stretches, lie in bed, wake oh. up. Oh, right, because we forgot. The reason why the sailor uniform in particular that Akebi has is uh, important is uh, because, yes. first off, it was created by hand by his mom in accordance with the old photo that that uh, Akebi saw of her mom back in the day. Yeah. Then she went to the school on the opening ceremony and discovered that everyone else is wearing a different uniform. This uniform that she's wearing is no longer in circulation. They have moved on from that design and is now wearing a completely different design. I think it's brownish looking. Which is not is not cute at all. It's fucking boring as shit. I mean, brown uniforms in general, just like, no, that's like corporate suit shit. And then the next scene right after that uh, is uh, the meeting with the headmaster and the headmaster being like, well, technically it is a school, the officially recognized school uniform. It's just we don't use it anymore. And technically 
you weren't wrong either. Fine, I, I tell you what. During your interview towards this school, you said you really liked the uniform, and you're here, and you're wearing that uniform. I'll tell you what, I'll give you an exception. You will be allowed to wear your sailor uniform. And you're the only academy. one that's allowed. Yeah, as if it wasn't enough to make the attention on her. Dude, it, it's a fucking cute show. It's so cute. Like, like she's young and ditzy, but also, like, go-getter attitude. And all her friends like that she meets, all the people she meets are like, wow, this is a very lively, sprightly character. She's a bit different from everyone else. And you would think that like they get weirded out, but then some of them are like, no, we get you. No, we totally get you. Because she lives in the countryside, so it's very different than the more urban or suburban. It's uh, not quite bumpkin level, but definitely like somewhere the man- there. The, the, the mannerisms there don't quite translate well. Uh, Will has an issue, though, with this anime. And I guess it's less <laughs> of an issue and more of a nitpicking thing. It's, 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 this is literally like the most minor of criticisms because overall it is a really good show. The only issue that I have with it is just the fact that their heads are incredibly round. And I thought, yes, you're right, Will, but also who cares, right? I think it's okay. It's really not that big a difference. In the end, like if this is a nitpick, then like clearly like everything else within the show is fine. Think about it. This is the worst thing that we could have said about this show. We slated all the other shows that we talked about in the recommendation had other issues. There were things like well, poor animation quality, not great voice acting. Oh, it looks great, by the way. No, yeah, this is this is great. Like whoever designed decided to do Tokyo Twenty Fourth Ward, wow, they, y'all should just scrap that project and just jumped onto this project instead because holy hell, it is miles better. Cloverworks, just two properties. Don't do any more. Just, just just pretend that Tokyo 24th Ward never existed, and this is all bask in the glory that is a KB Sealer uniform. Are, are you going to... Yeah. Okay. So I will just end on this note, which is a KB Sailor uniform, Will and I heavily endorse it as a very, very good, wholesome slice of life, uh, middle school, not high school, uh, anime. That being said, if it's not your cup of tea, like, go far away because this is as slice of life, as fluffy... As you can get, basically. She does nothing at all. All she does is just dream about wearing a sailor uniform. Wears the sailor uniform. And it gets into school. And then parades the sailor uniform. I think the uniform is like has to be accredited as a main cast member. It has to be. And then there's well, there's other things too as well. Like, of course, when the story progresses, it's like oh, now she's a new girl in this new school wearing her one of a kind sailor uniform. Yeah, and there are like other uh, girl students because it's an all girls school that have different quirks and they kind of bond and get to know one another so it's really fucking cute i cannot stress that enough it's incredibly cute watch it it's cuter than slowly but it's cuter than cute watch it please all right before we get to my favorite number one anime show of the season i would say that this second to last show that will and i are going to discuss is actually quite surprising in terms of it came out of nowhere for the two of us. Would you say it's the edgiest one? Yeah, very it's, it's, much it's probably, so. I mean, if you take away Demon Slayer and like the obvious ones, all right? the action heavy shit, like, like the ones that you knew already, Sabakui Bisco is incredibly underrated at this stage. I mean, the verdict's still out because of the fact that it's only been two episodes, but like from what we've seen so far, wow. I mean, it's a 7.5. Four, seven point three, seven point five, I think. Oh, on it's, it's, on it's it's literally like right in the middle. So people do think quite highly of this show. 
It is based on the light novel of the same name. 7.51. So it's Ooh. slowly going up. So it won the silver prize in the 24th Dengeki Novel Prize and placed first, uh, sorry, placed first in the Kono light novel Gasugoi ranking for the best light novel category in 2009. And it's going to be published in English by uh, Yen Press from, uh, I think, a couple of days ago. So I don't think that there is a manga, though. It is produced by Oz, and it's their first accredited production. How would I describe this show? If I were yeah, to... Is, actually, yeah, yeah. Take, take some time to think so, about this. This is a wild show. Think of Mad Max. Think of Fallout. Think of... Think of Trigun as well. Think of Trigun. Like that kind of desert, barren wasteland, post-apocalyptic... Crazy anamorphic animals and crustaceans. Okay. We're going to spoil just a little bit. But you can see it in the trailer, so technically it's not a spoiler. There are giant motherfucking crabs. Then you get hippos with turrets. That that part, like, I lost my shit when the turrets came out. Oh, my God. The fucking heavy artillery hippos. Oh, my God. The HAHs. Oh, my God. So uh, the show talks about basically two guys. Funny enough, one is red hair and one of them is blue hair. It has to be, right? Sit in like a very, very dystopian post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic Japan. Wasteland as yeah, well. It's just, it's just basically, like you said, right? Mad Max as fuck. So the red hair guy is a wanted criminal known as the Man-Eater. And his ability is that he can, how should I say this? Fire arrows. But wherever the arrows land, ginormous mushrooms birth from that location and then you get the blue-haired guy who is your your very generic uh doctor but very kind and warm-hearted that everyone in that city adores and no one should ever do harm to this guy because he is nothing but have sacrificed and contributed to the community he's as pure in his wasteland as can be yet he is searching for the cure for the rust. I, I don't know what's the what's the disease called. It's it's just the rust. Okay, so and it's basically a progressive disease that slowly kills that person, and a lot of people attribute it to the origin of this disease, the rust, to this man eater. But obviously, you find out it's not. Also, hey, the the blue hair doctor. His older sister's kind of hot, and she's also... OP as fuck. And she's also infected with the rust. So unfortunately, she has her own mission as well, which is not just to protect her brother, but also to basically destroy whatever's good to the rust. Oh, that's right. Borderlands was the last... Oh, that's it. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, It is fucking Borderlands as shit, because there's a lot of these weird fucking animals in there, too. Oh, you like dudes... You like guys in suits that go around grabbing Gatling machine guns and shit? Welcome to... Bisc- the world of Bisco. Yeah, you like fucking like mushrooms that grow out of arrows because of the fact that you have crazy superpowers you can enchant your arrows. This is fucking Dora Heteros. Fuck. It's 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 an amalgamation of a lot of good properties in the past. And that's not a bad thing either. We're not saying it's copying those properties. What we are saying is that if you enjoyed those kind of weird, crazy, wacky aspects of certain action adventure shows that are very dystopian as fuck, this is going to be up your alley. I think this show is quite strong and has the potential to be even stronger. I think the fact, the fact that it's like it's 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 firmly in the middle, 
right? A 7.51, literally, it's like, for anybody, it is either your cup of tea or you put the cup of tea down. There, there, you can go either way with it, and I think that's completely fine. If you want a balls-to-the-wall anime as fuck anime, this is that for this season. This is what Tribe 9 should have been. The fact that if you're going to go up and up the ante of how crazy and wacky your shit is, you got to go all the way. You go full wacky, full crazy. And that's what Sibukui Bisco is. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to be that great. I mean, it's only two episodes out of 12 right now. But I, I like the direction it's going in. The potential is there for sure. Because it, it was a massive upgrade from like the first. The first episode was okay. But you needed to lay out the groundwork and like do a little bit of like world building, character development. And then second episode, thumbs up. For That's me. why in terms of the weeb community, in terms of anime watching, the three-episode rule is not necessarily a must-follow rule, but it emphasizes, for those who, who don't know, the three-episode rule is whenever you start a show, give it at least three episodes bare minimum, unless if it's really that bad. I mean, that's why, for example, like my perspective of Leodel and Police in the Pod is different from yours. If you watched at least two or three episodes of those, I've only watched one of each. And the scores that uh, the internet seems to give on my anime list also seems to reflect that as well. But, yeah. Will, is it time? When I read this manga, and when I started watching this anime, I told you that this show is going to be good. I told you that this show, it doesn't look like it, but it is the most wholesome shit and kind of lewd and fan servicey as well. But okay, let's just get out there. It's sexy as fuck. It's it's fucking like it, it it hits that note and of course it's like it's the mainstay in anime and media in general. We know that sex appeal sells, but like they managed to package it all together into a nice wholesome package. It's just, it's it's a really fucking fun time. So this manga has a raw score on my anime list of seven point eight nine, ranked nine oh six, and popularity one six seven. So you know everyone likes it. It is published in English by Square Enix Manga. Four volumes are out. I read all four volumes. And it is done by Cloverworks. It is my anime of the season, I'm pretty sure, if we exclude like Demon Slayer and AOT. It is none other than My Dress Up Darling. Yep. So based on the stats you gave just now for the manga, that's already pretty damn good, right? Top 150 score of 7.96. That's incredible. But then... Yeah, well, go on, go now, on. Go now, on. We, now we need to talk about the real shit because this is this is the good anime palette podcast, right? Not quite the good manga podcast yet, but stay tuned for updates on that. Uh, there's going to be a massive uptick, maybe not from popularity because it's still... It only just came out two weeks ago. So, of course, it's going to take some time to grow popularity. But within two weeks, it's already ranked in the top 200 of all anime shows. It's got a raw score of 8.35 with 265,752 members on my anime list. It's none other than Sona Biscuit Doll Wakoi Wosuru or My Dress Up Darling. I'm done gonna, by Cloverworks. I'm going to have you do like the Japanese pronunciations from here on out because like I can't do it as well as you. I'm going to do that. I'm still, I'm sure I'm butchering it. Sorry for all the people who are Japanese or can understand Japanese. I'm doing the best I can. So. This, this show and this manga is mainly talking about two individuals, Wakana Gojo and Marin Katagawa. K 
Kitagawa. Kitagawa. Fuck me. Fuck. It's just one. It's just one word. The thing is, like with these two characters, they're they're extreme opposites personality wise. So Gojo, Gojo Sang is your typical, very uh, introverted person, but his family business is Hina dolls, which, if you are unfamiliar with uh, this industry, it is. Uh, basically like little figurine dolls that are done very intricately that are used for ceremonial purposes. I think, right, Will? They're incredibly intricate and there's a lot of... Like and expensive. Histor- a lot of historical and cultural meaning behind them as well. But it's like... Would you say it's, it's, it's kind of like a dying art in the sense that like... Very of, much so. Most young people don't get into it. Right. And he, obviously because his family works in that business, he likes it as well. He thinks they're gorgeous and very beautifully done when done well. Then a childhood trauma occurs where a girl, I guess we don't even know who she is. No kinda, reveal yet, yeah. Kind of says like, hey, boys don't like dolls. That's creepy. What's wrong with you? Slap the doll out of his hand, runs away crying, and he's just standing there like, what did I do wrong? I just, I like playing and making, playing with and making dolls. Like, what's so wrong about me enjoying this shit? And then that has scarred him for life and made him this introvert that he is now in high school. Now, Mirin Kitagawa, right, Will? She is the polar opposite. She's what you would call the Gairu. Gairu? Gairu. Gairu. So Gairu, like, the thing is, when you say Gairu, like, it's usually like, like a very Tan specific... Skin. Exactly, right? She's more just like like that sort of like buxom, like very popular, like like with a huge, like massive friends, definitely... And massive of, bus size. But yeah, you, we'll find out more about that later on. Um, basically, she's super hot and super popular. Extremely on both ends, right? So basically the opposite of... Not to say that Gojo's not, not good looking, but he's very clearly low self-esteem, low confidence, just does not think highly of himself. Whereas this girl, right, Marin, she is extremely confident in herself. But she does hide. No, she doesn't hide. She's very outspoken about a lot of things. And it turns out that uh, due to a certain incident that happened at the school, they Gojo finds out that Kitagawa really likes cosplaying. Like, super, super likes cosplaying. She's a fucking massive weeb. She really likes playing visual novels. But she, the fact that she likes cosplaying, but she can't sew or make garments, design shit. She can't do any of that bullshit. Like, smile down the runway, she can't do none of that. So, but Gojo, on the other hand, has to deal with these intricate dolls, has to, you know, cut everything, sew everything ever since he was a kid. So, basically what it is, is they two team up, and through their eyes, we learn the world of cosplaying, and then we learn how the industry works, how you even make garments and cosplay uh, costumes. And then also, of course, the very wholesome romance between the two main characters. I'll just say this because you already said it earlier. This is literally fan service down the runway. Yeah. So, yes, you're right. First of all, Will, it is fan service. We, down we, the runway. we will keep them separate because you can appreciate both of them separately or together, however you want to do that. But like, I, I liked I liked the show. I think this show, I knew it because of the manga, is actually has a lot of fan service and lewdness. But the way that it is done, in a way, is so, how do I say this? Well, it's so tastefully done and quite wholesome and sometimes even funny. Because no matter what, like, even if there is some things in your face and you have to do some measurements, at the very end, 
you have to be professional about what you're doing because the person beyond you is also taking this thing very, very seriously. And to think otherwise is extremely disrespectful to the person's craft, the person's art, that person's dedication. And so Gojo is just like, just smacks himself in the face and says, yes, I'm going to be confident. I'm going to be able to do this. No problem. I'm going to achieve my dream and you're going to achieve your dream and we're going to do things together. Now, of course, it's still going to be a couple of nosebleed moments. There's going to be a couple of moments where it's, it gets a little bit awkward, but that adds to the comedic charm that is Dress Up Darling. And at the end of the day, the moral of the story is it doesn't matter what you like or what you don't like. You should own it and wear it like a badge of honor. And if there are naysayers, fuck them. Fuck them all. Literally, like, the part where, like, she, like, we're reminding, like, gets found out about being a weeb, right? Like, she's, like, very strong. Like, so? What's wrong with that? I like playing visual novels. What's wrong with that? I like watching. Oh, okay. Films? They didn't like, have that yet, but there was a moment where a guy was flirting with her, and she's, and then he tries to make small talk, and she was just like, "The fuck you dissing my mascot, my yeah. anime mascot? You get the fuck out!" Yeah, like evil. And then he's just like, "Are you serious? This is, is, is this girl serious, right? Like, what's what's wrong? Hey, hey, hey! I'm talking to you." And she's like, "No, I ain't got time for people who don't support the shit that I like. Who, who literally talk shit about the things that I like, and that just." bleeds into like the sort of dedication that she has to be able to become that cosplay queen. Now, my dress up darling in terms of a non-sequel new anime series this season is my favorite by a mile. Furthermore, Cloverworks clearly spent the most amount of resources into the look and feel and the physics and the physics and even the voice cast of this show because the chemistry between the two leads are fantastic the expressions everything even the op and ed are just so adorable it's a really fucking good time i i'm pleasantly surprised i also like this show but then again it's like i like slow loop and q and i can be like why wouldn't i enjoy this i think the, th- the fact is like this is of, of all the shows besides your aot's and your demon slayers and all that and all the other sequels that i haven't watched this is the first one i watched out of the winter season and i can confidently say that this will firmly place itself in the top that yeah, the top 200 of all anime it's already in the top 150 you think so bruh like congratulations if there is going to be a recommendation for the season it will be dress up darling uh for me as well like you you know damn well we're gonna tell you to go watch jojo watch realist oh yeah watch aot watch demon slayer watch watch king of rankings like you already know that but like you don't know shit about a kb sailor uniform you don't know shit about bisco you don't know anything about this dress up darling and holy hell, like you're not gonna watch it. Like you'd be remiss to actually pass on this. You you could pass on AKB. Well, I don't know why you would. You could pass on Bisco again. I also don't know why you would. But you should absolutely not miss Dress Up Darling. All right. Now that we have gone through everything, we are now at the end of our episode. Yep. You can always reach us through our email, gapalette at gmail.com. That's G-A-P-A-L-E-T-T-E at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word. You can also contact us on Twitter using the handle at PalletGood. That's capital P and capital G, all one word. We have a Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash PalletGood, capital P, capital G, all one word. And we have a website. We encourage you to check it out, www.goodanimepalette.com. You can also use www.goodanimepalette.net. I don't know why, though. All lowercase, all one word. You can join us on Discord or on Mal. We have a Mal club, and we have a Discord server, of course. 
just send us an email or just uh, the show, uh, the description should include links. Music credits for this episode. Our intro music is No Cry by Fashion. Our break music is Be Right There by Omie. And our outro music is Future Vise by Kyo. Our music was provided courtesy of EpidemicSound.com. If you're interested in using Epidemic Sound as a service, we will have a referral link that is provided in the show description. Edgelord-sama. Or can I even call you that anymore? I don't even know what I am. What is life? You're a chimera? I, I'm starting to lose my spots. I, I, are you done with the credits? We can start yeah, talking. I'm done. Okay. I am in a bit of an identity crisis right now because I haven't watched anything. The last edgy thing that I watched actually was Drifters. And that was as as edgy as can get because of the characters they have, the storyline. But outside of that, I have not watched anything edgy. All the stuff that I... I mean, Bisco, right? Bisco's different. Bisco's just because we had to watch it. It turned out to be good. But, like, bro, like, Slow Loop, Q, Akebi... You watched Demon Slayer? Demons, again, I watched Demon Slayer a while back when it started airing, right? Because I was also watching the TV anime for the movie. So, like, Demon... We even say Demon Slayer's edgy at this stage. It's just shonen. It's shonen action. Yeah, you're right. right. It's, it's it's hard. To, it, you can't even say AOT is edgy anymore because, uh, you know, when you're doing, like, historical, political action drama, like, of course it's going to be edgy. But, like, we're talking, like, Dorahedero. We're talking, like, Dorahedero. No, no, no. Uh, Dorororo. Uh, Dororo? Yeah, Dororo. Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking about fucking Drifters. Of course those things are edge. But I have only watched those three in the past year. Everything else I've watched, like I've watched fucking Amiya San, the cooking anime for um, for Fate, right? I watched that. I watched Jellyfish. I watched this. I watched. Oh my god! I'm who am I? <laughs> What's going on? And the best part of all this is this was all planned by you. Many, I, many I, I I did this. Like no joke. Like there was a lot of stuff that Will found out after the fact that I incepted him with. I like Kaon. <laughs> Yeah, it was hilarious that when I, I was... like Nietzsche Joe. What the fuck? Like this is not okay. I mean, it's so good. These are all good shows. Oh, they're not... great shows. I'm not talking shit about the fact that I it's shit like Fluffy. It's just like I've built up this reputation of only liking the darkest and deepest of all anime, of the bloodiest and goriest shit ever. But now it's like I can't even attest to that anymore. Well, it's all right. Just cryogenically freeze yourself, oh, fuck and you. then fuck five you. years in the future, when you wake up, all fluffy, wholesome shit will be gone. And the fluffy senpai that you see in front of you... See, see, see here's the thing. Yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. is that is, like, that actually sounds like a nightmare because every now and then, if all I have to choose is edgy stuff, there's... It, okay, bad edge is way worse than bad fluff. Okay, okay, look, don't worry, Will. There is still the wholesome fluffy stuff, but there will be black markers Ugh. censoring... <laughs> Censoring all uh, the wholesome this, speech. This, and this, this is too fluffy. It's just to be a black screen. Occasionally, just black markers across. Whatever. Okay. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up today's episode of our uh, Winter 2022 seasonal preview. Yes. Preview, wrap-up, whatever you want to call For it. For premiere episodes. Look, we had a lot of fun watching all these premieres, but we want to reiterate that we won't be that comprehensive all the time. Unless, of course, there is like fewer than 30 shows in the upcoming season, which th- that was the case for this season. There was like actually not that much to pick from. And there are some stuff that have yet to come out. I think Will is going to get a kick out of Shenmue, oh, the animation. Oh, my God. Shenmue. I, I don't understand why they're doing that. It looks old as fuck. I think they're basing it back on the original anime quality, uh, animation quality from when Shenmue 1 came out. 
but ugh, whatever. Uh, I also, I guess, I also got you know episodes of '86 to look forward to when they finally get back into production. Really hope it comes out soon because I, I want to finish season two, and of course finish out the other stuff too, like Kings of Rank, uh, Ranking of Kings, and yada yada yada. But that that's basically it, right? The show goes on. There's always gonna be more anime to watch, and if you're checking into the seasonal stuff for the season, yo. Pick some of the recommendations we have. You're going to have a good time. And if you pick some of the ones that we dissed and you think we're wrong, just let us know. Like, we want to have conversation. We want to have discourse, basically, is how it is. I do want to find the person who actually enjoys Rusted Armor. That, that's it. And the, Wait, like, and the, like, unironically, Unironically. Right? Like, really, really actually enjoys it. But, hey, like, when that email comes, we'll, we'll talk to them. Maybe exclusive interview and all that. Anyways. See you guys in two weeks? Yep. Catch you guys in two weeks. Peace. Peace.